And hello and happy new year. Welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. We are your hosts. Talking to you right now, uh, Jason Simmons. And across from me, as Ooh, we're always, getting back into it. Jack Smith. It's been a while. It's been a couple uh, weeks <laughs> since we've done this. <laughs> um, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a bit of time. Uh, of course, this is Observe and Report. This is the show where we watch things and tell you how we feel about them. All right. And in our time away, I'm sure we've watched a bunch. Yeah, got a lot of stuff. Uh, maybe a bit too much, but whatever. That's why you're here. That's why you listen to this. You want to hear our opinions, right? Starting 2020 in a judgment-free zone. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of confidence, all right? A lot of confidence, <laughs> no judgment, okay? But it's a recipe for good things, I'm sure. Go for it, dude. Start all it off. Right. Um, Taking it way back. Um, One thing that I saw that i really enjoyed and i it was not something that i thought i would even get into was uh the documentary series on netflix that was a true crime series called <gasps> don't Fuck yeah with jesus <laughs> my only note was freaking nuts <laughs> everything else below it is blank because i was like i don't know <laughs> starting off on a good run yeah um no i true crime is not necessarily my thing i appreciate it as a genre I, you know, can certainly appreciate how popular it's become, mm-hmm. but it's generally not something that I get into. But I started watching this with a friend. I'm like, holy crap, give me more. Like, what is going on with this? The story being um, that on an internet forum, just on Facebook, a group of cat enthusiasts <laughs> <laughs> um, who enjoy cats, who have cats, um, they are, a video is posted on their page uh, of someone doing very bad things to cats, killing cats. Mm-hmm. And they are galvanized to stop this person. Uh, these amateur sleuths, you know, seek out this individual. They try to find clues on him. And what leads to these people trying to bring justice to someone that kills cats leads to an international manhunt mm-hmm. for a serial killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just snowballs. as, And they predict that it's going to snowball, and it does. And the way they... I think it's compelling because you really, I really liked the two main people mm-hmm. um, who were doing the slew thing. They're really smart. They went about it in really interesting ways um, because it was a recording. So they're looking at lit- literally like, okay, how do we pinpoint where this guy is? Like, there's a vacuum in the background. Like, what is the manufacturer of this vacuum? Is it is, of this vacuum? Is it made in like Europe? Is it North America? And let's like, talk to vacuum enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, and see what Which they there have to are. say. <laughs> Um, It was just really interesting, and I really liked them. And it was a crazy, tragic, um, and really sad, but bonkers story with a lot of characters in there. Yeah, like, um, and and it goes to show, like, these are these are amateurs. These are not people whose main focus or job is to, you know, find people that do bad things in the world. They're not detectives. They're just really intelligent, compassionate people who want justice compassion and passionate definitely yeah. like a huge passion like for just like f- doing the right thing or like you know protecting animals essentially things that can't defend themselves right. and they went on a worldwide manhunt like across canada france mm-hmm. germany mm-hmm. and the united states to like bring this individual to justice because he graduates from like you know killing one cat then killing two cats and then killing a person no it was Oh, is that what it was? One cat, two cats? I think it was two cats and then another cat. I don't remember. Two or one or one and two, but it ends on a person. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just like the, the point where they, 
you know, they had gathered all this information and the cops finally get into the picture and they're asking don't, like, don't, I feel like you're yeah. spoiling it a lot. Like, you just, you just destroyed it for anyone who wants to watch it. So maybe don't get into it. Excuse me. I have not heard of this. Or you're not seeing this, but it's fucking wild. Yeah. Like, so seek it out. Enjoy it. Like it is something that builds and builds and builds to something that becomes really interesting. I will say the thing at the end where they try to like implicate the uh, viewer for being somehow involved in this and helping um, because the killer clearly was seeking attention. Mm -hmm. They try to implicate the viewer in providing that attention. But like literally as I was watching her say this, I was just like, fuck you. No, (laughs) you made a documentary. He's this has already happened. I've done nothing. Mm hmm you guys are idiots i guess just ruin not ruin but like don't don't try to make it something that it's not like you made a good documentary just like be cool with that it's like as as passionate as people were that were like investigating this stuff there was also the other side of it where it's just they were they were judgmental to other parts of like the internet it's like it's not just meant for one thing it is like a wide spectrum service Mm. for all kinds of things that people are interested in and yeah, they were just at one point just like crapping on people like, oh, yeah, like you've come here for like, you know, these terrible, horrible videos. It's like, you not everyone's out here looking to get to see cats murdered. Like, I don't know why you're judging everyone for for doing that. <laughs> there felt like a swath of judgment being thrown over people sometimes. Oh, I didn't think so. I felt that definitely. You mean just at the end? Not the end, like throughout, like as like they would comment on certain things that the guy had done or on certain kinds of videos that are available on the internet. Well, yeah, because some people do seek out horrible yeah. things and they were on like really dark sites. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to seek out people who are looking to see other people get murdered. Yeah. Fucking weird. For sure. But I didn't feel that they were saying that. I felt they were just saying like, hey, like for those that, that look at, you know, people like getting hit in the face, like, you know, like falling off a skateboard, people essentially looking at America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh. It felt like they were going after them, too. It's like, you know, this, Bob Saget hosted this for years on <laughs> ABC. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that is one thing I take from it. Uh, but what else have you been watching? Um, I watched The Witcher. Yeah. What did you think The Witcher was going to be Um, versus what you got? So going into it, I did not know what The Witcher was going to be. I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize they were based off books, Mm -hmm. let alone... I knew it was a um, video game, but Mm -hmm. I had never played it or anything. Um, I thought it was going to be Henry Cavill battling monsters. It's some of that. For sure. Not really, though. It's mostly him. It's not... There are... I wanted more monsters. Okay. There's, like, two. There's, like, three. There's a dragon. There's a genie. The dragon is barely in it, though. There's, like, some weird werewolfish creature. But you wanted more monsters, overall. Yeah. Um, Because even those fights, they didn't last very long. And the djinn was... Didn't do anything for me. You didn't even really see it. Mm -hmm. Um... So I watched The Witcher. Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. I didn't think anything too huge of it going into it. Like I was aware that was a video game series. I know that it is based like a book series primarily. Mm. Um, I thought Henry Cavill was fine. Like I think that he has been on a weird run lately of like uh, primarily being like you know these big huge blockbuster films. But this felt a lot smaller than that. 
Um, I feel the way it was advertised to people who were going to watch this show as like, this is the next Game of Thrones. And it's like, no, I don't think this is this is quite that uh, in budget or in scope or in scale necessarily. Uh, there are things about the series that I just didn't enjoy, like uh, in their description of like geography. Like they talk about all these kingdoms and all that stuff, but it's just like I have no context for any of this. I don't know what any of these things are or who any of these people are. Um, I know that people overall didn't enjoy uh, the way the story was told as far as like the sequence of events um it didn't bother me but i can understand people being a little thrown off or upset at that it threw me off a bit because there was just no i guess setup for it like i wasn't ready for it at all Mm -hmm. um and not that other not the other things that bounce around a time set it up for you but for some reason i don't know if it's the way it was shot or something but it it wasn't as smooth a transition to show kind of that you're bouncing between them mm-hmm. um and without any backstory i was just like oh oh okay we're going back the the way it's done cool. it, it seems like they're trying to make it seem like a twist almost yeah and it was just someone mentioning something like what are you oh so this didn't happen yet oh okay yeah it was more like, like oh, the things okay. with the queen or whatever just like, yeah oh okay and that was like how i felt about that reveal quote-unquote was like oh okay cool yeah it's <laughs> like, like oh so we're doing this a bunch now okay got yeah, it fine. <laughs> um yeah it doesn't really it doesn't do anything to change the story at all like mm-hmm. i don't it doesn't seem to really serve a purpose mm-hmm. honestly it doesn't it's not a twist it's just we're essentially seeing some of the same stuff twice which seems unnecessary <laughs> and like filler um but yeah, overall it was fine. Henry Cavill was fine. I also watched it on my phone, so I feel like that really takes away from that the experience. That takes a little bit of something because it does out of it. look good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of the acting was amazing. Yeah, it was fine. Um, <laughs> it was just okay. Like I didn't, wasn't really feeling Jennifer at all. I liked her when she was, um, I don't know not the fancy witch when mm-hmm. she was just kind of a regular person more. before her transformation yeah mm-hmm. um i like not, uh, she was a little bit difficult to like because you don't really i don't know she's just is kind of all over the place it was interesting because uh, because of her appearance i think they are praying or like you know kind of like attacking the viewer's sensibilities of like oh well she has to be this beautiful wonderful person on the inside yeah. and it's like well no she's just kind of a person yeah like not shitty not good but just like she has her own ambitions and desires right. which and you shouldn't like rest on the fact that just because she looks a certain way she's going to be a certain way right. um, which that played kind of against certain characters mm-hmm. uh and to her benefit in many points um but yeah there was a what i liked the most in the show though was uh, The Witcher and The Bard. Uh, Henry Cavill, and I don't know who plays The Bard, uh, Joskar mm-hmm. or whatever, but I just liked their interactions and how and their begrudging friendship um, and how that came to be. And I just liked their like play off of each other. Um, it was really The Bard doing the heavy lifting there because Henry Cavill just kind of grunted. Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot of grunting in the show. And I was annoyed by things. <laughs> um, I think I wanted, honestly, like more from his character, like... It's literally, like, in the title, mm-hmm. um, you're supposed to be... They do a significant amount without really knowing him. You 
kind of like him. He's like the reluctant hero or whatever. Mm-hmm. People seem to hate him. I still don't understand why. Yeah. Like, he's killing monsters for you. You should freaking love him. And yet, all of the society is like, boo, every time he comes to town. And I just, I don't, I feel like they don't really set up his character terribly well. I wanted, I wanted more from him. And, like, I guess you'll see that in the second season, but that's something they should kind of establish in the first season. Yeah. Where it's just like, why he really do just they grunts hate him? a lot. Yeah, he grunts that's a lot. Pretty much. Says fuck a lot. Yeah. Which sometimes can be, it was a little bit funnier than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I've been talking to a coworker about it a lot where it, unlike The Mandalorian, where it's not really asking anything of you and you can sit back and relax and watch it, I feel like. The Witcher wants you wants it to be a little bit heavier, but if there's really nothing there to grasp onto, you just can yeah. sit back and like take it all in. They needed more lore of like how does this world work? Yeah. And once I think that is introduced, then people can grasp on a bit more. It's so like, hey, this racism is wrong that they're yeah. treating him with, or like, you know, what is a mutant? Like, what I does need that mean? Rules and boundaries. Like, I have no idea the extent of his powers. Right. Sometimes his eyes go wonky, and things happen. Mm-hmm. He's really strong, but he can also get beaten up. He seems to have magic things, but only here and there. Like, what? I need boundaries for everybody. I need the rules. Also, what, like, the witches seem to have different abilities. Mm-hmm. What is the extent of Yennefer's? Like, it, it is kind of all swirling around without a lot of definition. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to define a lot more. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, just apocryphal data on things that happen like around the Witcher. Apparently, because like you know those series came out, uh, the books have been like rising in sales again, oh, and sure. like the the game is being played way more. Like it's like one of the top ten play games on Steam again. It's like oh wow, people have taken a huge interest again because of like this series coming back or series like premiering or whatever. Did so. you ever play the game? I own the game. I never played it. Um, oh. I, I was told by a friend it's like this is one of the best things you'll play like this generation. Yeah. I'm like holy crap, but it's just. It's long. It's super long. Oh. It's a very long game. I did not want to spend that much time on you're it. You're just like wandering around doing stuff. You have a general goal, but you're yes. also wandering around in a world forever. There's a lot of extra stuff you can do, yeah, and no. I know I'd get caught up in that. Mm-mm. I don't want to, yeah, I didn't want to like, do- delve That's into fair. that. Um, <coughs> also, it was a little bit frustrating because this for the second half of the show, it's like, okay, so he's trying to get to this girl. Mm-hmm. And then they he finally gets to her in the very last episode, and that's it. It's like, oh, you set me up for such a long time, and it was such a journey, and now you're going to make me wait till the second <laughs> season. Like, come on, man. It was just, uh, that was just cruel. No, that's, that's fair. <laughs> um... What is it? Something else that I watched. Uh, a series that I really enjoyed, and I did not expect anything of it. I came back to it. Um, when I first watched it, I was like, I don't think I get it. But in taking some time and actually like watching a season and then like eventually watching every season of it, uh, the show Letterkenny on Hulu, um, it's very funny. Um, the writing of it is highly entertaining. It is people talking very quickly and so very punny which i greatly enjoy um it's set in the small town and focuses on three groups of people um essentially the 
rednecks of the town, the uh, goth kids of the town, and like the hockey team. Where is this set? It's set in Canada, like right okay. outside of Toronto, like in the like country of Ontario. Okay. Or the, like the countryside of Ontario. Um, and it's just like, this is very fun and very fast paced and it's very bingeable. Like there are only about five or six episodes a season. Uh, and you can go through like three seasons in a day pretty easily. And they're all like 22 minutes long or something like that. Um, and yeah, it's just about the, the problems in this small town and the interactions between the characters and just how, while they may sometimes disagree with each other, it's like, well, this is a small town. We take care of each other. Mm. So it's like very, uh, edgy sometimes but also like very nice it's nice people being edgy which is a weird thing i guess okay um and one thing that's interesting about the show like they have these beautiful slow motion scenes like every episode they have like a slow motion scene set to amazing music Mm. um and it's just like wow they really love montages in this show but it's just like yeah i like the way this looks and it's very bright and colorful and well shot um and very funny (laughs) that's that's letter candy i did not think i'd care about it but i do I keep on hearing about it randomly from people and it seems to be kind of have like this cult following going on, but mm-hmm. I didn't, for some reason I thought it was an Irish show <laughs> based it on the name of like it. It sounds like it, yeah. Um, but okay, I might have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Ad Astra because oh. the thumbnail is Brad Pitt's beautiful face <laughs> and he looks real good in it, Jason. He's a handsome man. Um, it's, Got a lot of themes of, like, legacy and fathers and sons and stuff I don't care about. (laughs) Um, It was okay. Um, Some parts of it looked really great. I kind of wish I had seen it in theaters for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you see it? I did see it in theaters, yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. That must have looked great. Like, the buggy scene in the theater must have looked amazing. The space chase was a lot of fun. that was really cool. Because I think I started watching it on my computer um, when I was traveling during Christmas. And then I actually, when I got back home, um, I like turned all my lights off and watched just those certain scenes again. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it looks so good. Um, the um, It was <laughs> interesting because Brad Pitt, Spoiler alert, kills a bunch of people, and seemingly there are no repercussions. He had a mission. What can <laughs> what can you say? He is doing his job. I mean, it, oh. It no was, repercussions yet. We don't know what's going to happen when he gets back. But didn't they show it? He did it before when he was going to get to Tom Lee Jones, right? Or maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, but he comes back. And he gets back together with Liv Tyler at the end. Oh, right. Yeah. It seemed, he's not in prison, so I'm assuming things are going okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can go and you can go on a mission, kill a bunch of people, but then come back and it's okay. He saved the human race. Because outer space you save the human race space law <laughs> space law is no laws that's what space law yeah. is um i really like tommy lee jones's performance in it i thought he was pretty great mm-hmm. um i feel like this movie confused a slow pace with having depth and mm. i do not think there was much depth to it i think it was just a slow pace that kind of 
it's a little bit anticlimactic and it didn't have I don't know maybe it's just because I'm not into dramas um, but it didn't really it wasn't really saying much to me mm-hmm. but I feel like the movie felt like it was saying a lot like I, I would agree with that in many forms. Um, I think it's a very beautiful movie. It was gorgeous. Like, it's a very beautiful movie. Really gorgeous. Um, and the story is rather simple. It's nothing, like, it too is. complicated. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I think, like, where if, if there is any depth in it, I think it comes in, like, his relationship with his dad. Totally. And specifically on his side. Oh, absolutely. Like, where he's just really trying to come to terms with it. I mm-hmm. mean, traveled quite a ways to come Bil- to terms with it. Seemingly billions of light years. <laughs> um, and that was interesting and not see and not something that you see and it was a unique relationship and not something you see explored a ton. Um, but it, I don't know, maybe it's just because there wasn't a ton of resolution to it aside from like, oh no, your dad's just an asshole. Yeah, that's his resolution um, that used to come to terms yeah, with. Comes to like, term that sucks. That sucks. Um, so, yes, I agree that that was the main kind of thought-provoking part of it. Um, but it was a very long movie for just it that. It was pretty long. <laughs> and it felt like... So, yeah. It, there was a lot of meandering on Mars. So much meandering. <laughs> like, so much. To me, like, the Mars segment could have been a lot shorter. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do like the logistical parts of it. And there are parts of the movie where I was like, you know what? It's cool. Like... Yes, we would put uh, uh, an Applebee's in space yeah, of if course. we could. Absolutely. First thing uh, we yeah, do. Yeah, I like their portrayal <laughs> of the future because it's not so far-fetched mm-hmm. that it's kind of ridiculous. Right. This feels like 80 years from now. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Just the way they handle um, space flight and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it feels like working in space is like a job you can have. Right. Like, not even a glamorous one. It's just yeah. like this is a job that people have now. Um, yeah, and it feels like maybe there were a couple of strings that they had that they never really, um, kind of finished with. Like, when he's, uh, who does he meet when he, he, after the buggy chase, they get to that, like, space station thing on the moon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's some woman. Who's the woman? It's an actress that... <coughs> Excuse me. I forget. I forget who the face of that woman. I know he's with Donald Sutherland. He can't make the rest of the trip. Right. And then there's like a secret, like the woman kind of has a secret little rendezvous with him to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Or she just, I think she just tells him about how it's a bit of a conspiracy type thing. But so there are a couple of strings there that maybe could have been tugged at a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Overall, it was, it was fine. It was just, they seemed to build up, like, at the beginning, like, it was going to be some huge thing, and it just kind of was like, okay, yeah, he, <coughs> his dad sucks. Yeah. That's too bad. Right. <laughs> and then he murders people, we're like, all right, and we're going home. Because okay. they took the template of, uh, of... Interstellar? Apocalypse Now. Not oh. even Interstellar. Like, Apocalypse Now, and, like, just apply that to space. I have not seen Apocalypse Now in a very long time. It is just, uh, Yeah. Martin Sheen going up river to take care of uh, Marlon Brando, and that's is exactly the same plot thread they oh really attach to this. It's like oh yeah. Well. Have I seen Apocalypse Now? I may not have. <laughs> yeah, it's one hundred percent what they what they did, and that's fine. Like you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be anything particularly original. It's cool to see this concept played yeah. out in space. Um, but it's different when it's like, hey, this is a someone a soldier that's gone too far, mm. and like we need to get him out of there or kill him. And this is like, this is a guy, I guess it's the same thing. This is a guy who had a mission. 
he's taking it a little bit too seriously and you need to tell him to stop or <laughs> kill him. Very true. <laughs> um, it, I felt like it was the brother to Interstellar. Like it could have been... Um, like, meanwhile, <laughs> on Earth over here, <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> and then Brad goes up. It kind of reminded me of it. It's not nearly as good, but just um, kind of the palette of it all. Mm-hmm. And um, having it... I mean, Interstellar was phenomenal looking, but um, some of like the big scenes where it just like looks really amazing here and there for some action scenes. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as like, I don't know, it's such a different thing. Like, as far as, like, the beauty of those ones. Yeah. They're both pretty, but yeah. pretty in different kind of ways. I don't know. Yeah, totally. It's like, I don't know how to compare the beauty of it. It's just, I like Interstellar way more. Oh, <laughs> Interstellar was just a much better story and mm-hmm. everything. I mean, it goes off the deep end a little bit at the end, but it's still overall a much better film. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it was trying to be that a little bit, but didn't hit the mark quite so much. Right. It has a much more, I think it had, like, a much darker color palette. Oh, but the crazy monkey was pretty fucking great. And I was like, Ooh, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And then it the- was really exciting. And then I was hoping for more of that and I didn't get it. There were some unusual hazards. Yep. In space. There is a baboon that had lost its mind. It was just an enraged killer monkey mm-hmm. eating people's faces. Didn't think I'd see that in this no, movie. But it was terrifying. It was there. It's like, this is a death scenario that no one could imagine. <laughs> um. Brad Pitt really likes playing the same character a lot. Yeah. Just like a cool, calm guy. <laughs> like, oh, did the guy from Ocean's Eleven just become an astronaut? Mm-hmm. He's still cool, calm, and collected. I mean... Going it, to space. It's rare to see him, like, go off the that path and, like, be, like, crazy Brad Pitt. Like... I want to see I want 12 crazy. Monkeys Brad Pitt. Like, bring him I've back. I've never seen 12 Monkeys. Oh, he's weird in it. And 12 Monkeys is a weird, weird, like, mind trip of a film. Like, it's good and weird mm. yeah but no yeah he doesn't stray from that I'd path like to too him often. see him uh, stretch a little more mm-hmm. like you don't have to be a bad guy just be a little bit more weird sometimes yeah just don't be like i got everything under control everything's you, like cool seeing all the time. a nervous brad pitt or an anxious brad pitt mm-hmm. would be very unsettling and i want to see it <laughs> Preferably with his shirt off. Maybe he's nervous because he has to have his shirt off. I don't know. Where's my shirt? Oh God, where's my shirt? Yeah. Does anyone Dude, see my shirt? The movie's called Dude, Where's My Shirt? And I it's just Brad Pitt wandering around, very <laughs> anxious about having to find it around like Los Angeles. It's filmed Cinema Verite. The other actors in the movie don't know they're in it. It's just. <laughs> it's almost like a jackass film. It's just Brad Pitt running around, like, have you seen my shirt? Like, you're Brad Pitt. Yes, have you seen my shirt? It's just me running around town, con- like, consistently hiding his shirt so it just has to keep going yeah at the end i just throw it into a flaming garbage can yeah but then at the end just fin. here we go uh, i'd pay who money to see that cool i'll work on it um what is it? something else that i watched that um i greatly enjoyed was the uh the art of self-defense um which is currently on hulu um starring jesse eisenberg oh uh, yeah um yeah it is a very good study on things like uh, pu- uh like toxic masculinity Ooh. um and just fear and like how that manifests uh and it's a comedy <laughs> um it's supposed to be a comedy at least um but it's very dark mm. um 
yeah, Jesse Eisenberg plays a uh, very nebbish, very uh, lonely um, accountant. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, who would think, right? You know, like, <laughs> really stretching. Um, <laughs> going for a real nervous guy uh, feel here. Uh, haven't I seen that before. him and Brad Pitt to switch. <laughs> I want Brad Pitt to be nebbish as fuck. Mm-hmm. I want Jesse Eisenberg to be cool. <laughs> Just see how that goes. It's... It would be his greatest acting challenge. It would. It really would. <laughs> Jesse, you have to be calm for an hour and a half. Jesse, please make eye contact with me. Uh, Jesse! Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back, guys. Oh, God damn it. Um, no, he um, is really good in it being himself, basically. Mm-hmm. But he plays a guy that is an accountant at a firm um, who gets robbed one day mm. um, and beaten very badly, mm. almost to death. Yeah. Uh, and out of that, he seeks to, like, you know, make himself stronger. Totally. And, like, learn self-defense. That doesn't seem like a far-fetched story at all. No, but it's what happens when he joins, like, this uh, karate dojo. Who's running the karate dojo again? Oh, uh, my goodness. Uh, he's a guy that's not in many things. But I know I recognized him. Yeah. I, <laughs> I recognize him from Face Off. <laughs> Which was over 20 years ago. Um, let me, one second, let me pull it up here. Um, but he is very good. Uh, Alessandro Nivola. Um, he is very good as an antagonist in this film. Um, kind of playing his sensei that brings him into the school. And like, he, it's such a mind trip because he is teaching him good lessons on one hand, but at the same time, absolutely like brainwashing him to do Ooh. terrible things and like to be a, a toxic individual Interesting. it's like he's teaching him good lessons about like, yeah you got to stand up for yourself like you know and like do this at the same time hurt anyone that ever crosses you oh, it's no. like you're doing this weird brainwashing thing and he's so vulnerable after this beating yeah, yeah, that he's yeah. just willing to accept anything so, to like make himself feel better or feel stronger oh that guy he's so handsome he's a very handsome you know man. what he's in uh jurassic park three yes he is that is true yep he's like the very likable handsome dude that like hangs out with vince vaughn and like julianne moore nope wait he's on the other side right no he's the guy that's helping the kid get through the jungle and he's there with sam neill yeah and yeah okay three sam neill's uh part like partner right he oh he does bad things he does a bad thing and he feels bad about it i see why he did it though me too i get it he's like a science very sympathetic bad guy he is because and he's not even like he's a bad guy he just made an unfortunate made a bad decision um, but that aside, but he's so cute that you forgive him. He feels like Guy Pierce's brother in many respects. They, I can see a, him as being Guy Pierce's softer little brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, he's very good as like you know Sensei and uh, Imogen Poots is in it. Oh, nice as like well. Her. And like her character is very good and interesting because you're seeing how a woman interacts in this world of like weird masculinity and yeah. like just like anger and like just like fisticuffs and like how she is also like being changed by that Mm. and how she also feels the need to like catch up and keep up Mm. with that kind of culture that's happening here um but it's very grim it's very dark i don't want to spoil anything as far as like you know what happens in the film it's a good cast it's a very good cast it's very well acted it's Mm. very dark and you it's funny but at some point i just found myself stop i stopped laughing Mm. and just like had to really take the movie and like damn this is this sucks. <laughs> like, but it seems like that was intentional. That seems it is very intentional. At, mm-hmm. at some point, no, there's a very clear point where like this movie is like, oh, <laughs> this is very dark. Mm. Um, something happens that you hate seeing in movies. Oh, uh, no. yeah, bone cracking. Yeah, nope. a, bone, a bone cracks, and it's like, ooh, this is a different <laughs> kind of movie now. <laughs> 
Ooh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not the brain bone. <laughs> no turning back now. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. It was one that I wanted to see very badly in 2019, but just yeah, forgot right. about it. Yeah. Um, it but, wasn't, I feel like it wasn't advertised too much. I saw a couple yeah. things here and there, but other than that, yeah. it looked good. Um, but it, it is good, um, and I do recommend it. I like the choices that Jesse Eisenberg makes for films. Aside from the, like, Now You See Me or whatever. That's such a weird series of films. I never it, watched them. How they made a second one is beyond me, Jason. Because let me tell you something. I watched the first five minutes of the first one. was just like, fuck this movie. It's, it's so bad. It's, and then they made a second one. And I was just like, what is happening <laughs> I, who is the audience for this i can't cast judgment because i've never seen them but they do look kind of bad from they, a distance it's really not good <laughs> it's a weird forced ensemble that doesn't make any sense and jesse eisenberg is like their leader i guess and he's like yeah you know the charismatic leader jesse eisenberg <laughs> i love him but that's maybe just his discomfort is palpable <laughs> i don't know it's not great though and i couldn't get through it despite my love for magic <laughs> it combines magic and heists i love and both it just those things didn't equal a good thing i guess twice two times they did it twice <laughs> oh. um i watched on a plane it was the perfect mostly the perfect plane movie mm-hmm. john wick three i also watched john wick three this parabellum <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of me um having to mute the volume on the plane mm-hmm. um and then probably reacting a lot of like jerky motions of like ooh, oh oh <laughs> so many knives oh oh god um because it's really like not the movie for me <laughs> there's so much violence um there are if john wick is to be believed this world mm-hmm. there are a lot of assassins out there jason it is new york city is teeming with assassins one out of every three people is an assassin in new york city it's like harry potter but with assassins if someone comes <laughs> over here right now and knocks on my door they're an assassin probably an assassin yeah like we're fucked like everyone from the cab drivers to mm-hmm. the pizza delivery men to yeah. <laughs> like your bank teller all assassins all are ready to kill you at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. they've trained for decades mm-hmm. to do this they're just waiting for a text the guy in the street you didn't give money to that asked for money assassin mm-hmm. he's not homeless nope worse of the bowery king <laughs> um it was just there were so many creative ways in which they kill people. Yes, there were times when I looked at it and I was like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh, yeah!" <laughs> John Wick in a stable, smacking a horse on the butt, <laughs> and getting the horse to kick a man in the face to death was not something I expected to see. I saw it three times because he does it like three times. <laughs> amazing which especially is funny because in 101 dalmatians the original movie a cat sits on the top of a horse and pulls on its ear as if it's a leather lever and then it kicks the horse kicks horse and jasper in the face there is sometimes cartoonish level <laughs> violence in john wick which is kind of satisfying in some ways I but also like ridiculous. someone watched 101 dalmatians <laughs> and then called up the sun guys and was like get some horses i have an amazing idea <laughs> they owe disney some money maybe i mean oh my god the director of the film was a stuntman for years and that then became a director because that's all it is it is consistent stunts throughout this film. i mean it's still entertaining and i really um like 
the few other people who are in it who are not being murdered. <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy from The Wire and Lance Reddick. The old, yep. Mm-hmm. Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yeah. Yes. The leather smelling man. Yes. <laughs> he looks like he smells he looks, of leather and whiskey. He looks like leather and he looks like he smells like leather. <laughs> um, yes. Um, John Wick is in the desert for a pretty long time. At mm-hmm. least a full day. Yeah. Skin's still perfect. God bless him. What is that skincare routine? The blood just... of his enemies, which <laughs> makes him look much younger than he um, is. It just made me laugh because the idea of a lobster red John Wick having to fight people <laughs> filled me with joy. It's just his sunburn is like yeah. a constant open spot. Really? It's just guys smacking him and be like, ah, because he's so sunburned. <laughs> um, that movie is bonkers, but... You know what it is going into it. Oh, absolutely. It's the third one. You, you... And it delivers. Mm-hmm. And the dogs are cool. There's a lot of dog martial arts in this movie. Dogs do some cool shit. They're jumping off of things, slipping off of things, mm-hmm. and ruining people. Ruining dudes, yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, Halle Berry was in the movie for a lot less than I expected. Me too. I thought they were going to go on like a real adventure together. I thought it was going to be like a team up. Like yeah. these two were going to be like the Going people... through New York City being yeah. like, fuck you guys. But like it's more of just like a cameo almost. Yeah. Like which I was like, I mean, oh, 10 okay. minutes maybe tops yeah. in the movie. Like all the trailers made me think like, oh, these two are going to be like right, right, right. really the team yeah. taking people down in this movie. Um, but it's not necessarily the case. No. Um, I love the way this movie looks. Like yeah. it is, it somehow manages to be very dark, but also bright at the same time. It, yeah, because I feel like there's a lot of like, for some reason, a lot of like lasery looking lights. Oh yeah, around. a lot of lights. A lot. Um, it's still yeah, like it a music good. video sometimes. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Like yeah. I appreciate that they back up and show you like an entire fight happening. They're not, they're not a lot of close cuts, not a lot of like zoom ins. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to show you the movement of everyone yeah. in this. Um, if you like dance, you'd like John Wick, I it's guess. It's a lot of dance fighting. A lot of choreography Especially happening. Especially at the end, yeah. A lot of the movements happening are like very like, you have to appreciate the athleticism and like work put into oh it. Oh my God. It was insane. Those fight scenes must have been exhausting. Yes. Because they last for such a long time. <laughs> oh my God. Um, um, I really like the um, the building that they're in. It's cool. Oh, the hotel. Yes. Yes. And the um, like order of assassins who are a bunch of like tattooed typists, basically. Yeah. <laughs> who are like sending out the text messages and like writing out a chalkboard, being stamping like, a lot of things. Yep. Lots. Of, I love a stamp. <laughs> I love a notebook. Mm-hmm. We're up in the price to 14 million or whatever on his head it was so ridiculous but fun great yeah love it like um just one thing one more thing this is what i liked about it mm. was the fight scene that he's fighting the two indonesian guys mm-hmm. um and in like the glad mary yeah type thing. there's just like a lot of politeness happening there <laughs> which was like really enjoyable a lot of, like mutual respect yes. for their abilities yeah a lot of people stopped and was like hey man i'm a big fan yeah. of your work <laughs> like i know we're fighting right now but like you know respect gives respect i really enjoy what you do like i just really thought that was funny yeah, and just, oh my god it's yes. like if they were girls they'd be like losing their minds yeah like, screaming. oh my god like fanning themselves like he's one direction yeah yes uh, so that was like really enjoyable to yeah, see. yeah that's fun movie <laughs> um what is it one other thing that i saw that I, 
it surprised the hell out of me. I had not heard of it before it just popped up on Netflix. Mm. Not excuse me, on Netflix. On Hulu mm. um, was the show Lodge 49. Um, oh, I don't think I've heard of it. I don't think anyone's heard of it. <laughs> it's had two seasons. It's been on for oh. at least two years at this okay. point. Um, starring Wyatt Russell. Um, not as an intense asshole, <laughs> which was like refreshing and fun. Um, he plays like this down in this down in his luck surfer guy um, that kind of like joins a Masonic lodge mm-hmm. and like the weirdness of like you know the beliefs of this lodge, which like none of the members really believe, but like are starting to take fruition, and like it's so weird but so fun mm-hmm. um paul giamatti is like the executive producer on it oh that's cool um and he has like a small like voice cameo in the first season um but the basic premise is this is a guy down his luck he joins this lodge and things are starting to like actually make sense and go right in his life mm-hmm. because he's like hanging out with these people and like getting on these weird misadventures mm-hmm. but like he can't he could barely walk on like his right leg because of a snake bite that he got his father died like mm-hmm. you know uh, early, earlier that year and mm-hmm. like him and his sister are just like in really bad shape but just the betterment of their lives through hanging out with these people mm-hmm. and learning the secrets of this lodge they extend back to like the 1960s of mm-hmm. like a dead body that they found it's like what the hell does this mean or like uh, a an aerospace company that's being shut down like you know in their town but like late at night the employees still hang out there and like you know are building something so is there like a mystery of the week like how does that structure it's structured like it goes episode to episode but it's an overarching mystery of like what do all of these seemingly random things mean oh okay and like the and i guess at the point of the show is like it's all connected in some weird way it is all connected and he is at the center of it Mm. and he's a very unlikely hero okay um, but yeah, it was just very entertaining and like so, for some reason really engrossing. I didn't didn't expect to like it or even know about it. Mm. But like I'm I'm into it. And I think it's canceled. I think only Aww. two seasons exist. Yeah. I don't think it ever really will get its resolution. But um, you know, ten episodes per season. Um, and it's doing. I think it's trying to follow the AMC formula of like we're not getting the biggest actors in the world. We're just getting people that are solid and good. And maybe something huge will happen here. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the formula with Breaking Bad and Mad Men and all that stuff. Walking Dead. And great things have happened with those. So, did you watch the whole thing? I watched the whole of the first season. I did oh, not okay. watch all the second season okay. yet. Only one episode in the second season. Well, hopefully they can, like, wrap it up decently well. Maybe. I hope. Maybe nice. <laughs> um, I watched uh, the new Christmas Carol movie. Oh, yeah. How yeah. is that? It seemed way too intense for me to care. Oh, my God, Jason. It's so intense. <laughs> it is the most... It's so dark. It's dark emotionally, and also, like, it is literally dark. It is a difficult movie to see. <laughs> um, so, Guy Pierce is Scrooge. Andy Serkis is the Ghost of Christmas Past. Joe Alwyn, who I think that's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Um, he plays Bob Cratchit. Vanette Robinson, who is British and you've seen in a million things. Um, she's Mary Cratchit. Um, there's uh, child molestation. In a Christmas story? A Christmas Carol? Alluded to. Okay. Suggested. Um, unnecessarily edgy alright Scrooge has Mary like 
undress in front forces her kind of to undress in front of him okay in a real hashtag me too kind of situation wow okay and so when he and it's toward the end so then when he tries to redeem himself to this family you're still just like no you're a fucking monster Mm mm-hmm get out of here and like she says like i'm not ever going to forgive you for that and he says i understand but like that doesn't make it okay (laughs) but like i don't want you to be redeemed in any way this you're a a truly horrible person you're not just a quote like a scrooge like curmudgeon Uh (laughs) you're horrible scrooge is like no No. scrooge (laughs) (laughs) it was it was so dark um I got through it just to get through it. Mm-hmm. And I like Guy Pierce, and he was good in the show. Andy Circus, I feel like, overacts a lot. Uh, yes. I, th- I, th- I feel like. I feel like I could say this. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, I feel like part of it is because he started so much of his career um, kind of having to have his features animated and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he probably had to do a lot of physical and whatever acting to convey things and like a lot of facial expressions so now that he's actually physically on camera like seeing his face you can i want to be like just pull it back a little bit yeah just pull it back we can see you you don't have to try to convey something that isn't there like i gotcha and, and I so feel like a director like is it doesn't want to like stop that necessarily or like feels like intimidating like this guy won an Oscar I don't know like yeah. I guess he's doing something right no it's too much it's it's a lot um, even though I like him very much and he's very talented but it was little a little much because um, you're already dressed like a crazy person because you're the ghost of Christmas past it was an incredibly <laughs> heavy dark. <laughs> film that i don't recommend i'm glad i watched it after christmas because i really wanted to watch it beforehand i would have been so fucking depressed if i had watched this movie beforehand it's so dark yikes yeah i yeah i i just saw like the image of it like you know like watch a christmas car like no thank you this looks not good (laughs) i um i like guy pierce and you know how easily seduced i am by a victorian british <laughs> cobblestone street oh they got me oh boy oh yeah it was a rough watch i not to say that it was necessarily bad it was getting i feel like you really get into the understanding the character of scrooge um you, they're explaining him not necessarily excusing him but it's still um, was not what I was looking for in terms of a Christmas story. Okay. Uh, and I uh, wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, let's talk about it. You saw it. I saw it. Star Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, did you, how did you feel about it? <laughs> I wrote it down and I didn't write anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, yeah, we're going to talk like, about it. What is <laughs> So I got into a, a debate with someone at work about it. <laughs> um, I saw it twice. Okay. I really enjoyed it the first time. I didn't enjoy it as much the second time. Okay. I think, and I'm also someone who loved, loved um, The Force Awakens. I love The Force Awakens as well. And I, I understand people's criticism of it's just um, A New Hope, but kind of in a different package. Uh, yeah. That's but, what I want. Idiot. Yeah. 
it really is and i'm okay with that and like Whatever. you're not pointing anything out spectacular or like very insightful yeah. by saying that. Right. By saying that, you're just telling me like, oh, you're a dick. <laughs> like, that's what you're telling I me mean, by I, saying that up front. The thing is, I feel like the same people who hate that would also find a lot of flaws with an original story also. Mm-hmm. There's no necessarily... There's no satisfying Star Wars fans, period. That's at true. At this point. That's true. <laughs> um, I love The Force Awakens. I think a lot of it is, because it is a new hope essentially, but... I finally got a Luke Skywalker of my own because I have a female leading this movie Mm -hmm. and she's really likable um, and tough and smart and independent. And so I was trying to explain, like, I think that's why I really enjoyed um, episode nine because I got to see, I got to see my baby girl grow up. Okay. And I love her so much. I love Daisy Ridley so much. Um, And, Watching her journey filled me with joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I was telling someone about it, I was like, I when they were asking me if I liked it, I said, yes, I liked it. You have to just kind of let things... <coughs> there are some very convenient things that happen. Yeah. And there are some kind of cheesy things. But you just... If you can just let them go, it's a fun ride. And I enjoyed it. And it looked really great. And I liked the gang kind of being back together. Um, it was, and then, oh, Adam Driver looks so good. <laughs> oh, my heavens to Betsy, he looks good. Um, <clears throat> major spoilers for uh, this movie. When he sheds his Kylo Ren-ness mm-hmm. and is running around in essentially what is uh, sweatpants. Sweat yeah. I was like, ooh, ooh. He's so comfortable right oh, now. Oh, God. You're just like snuggle ready. Let's <laughs> it on the couch. Um, so it was when um, when they found the knife mm-hmm. and uh, C-3PO was like, oh, I can read it and blah, 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 blah. I just turned to Megan and was just like, because they found it so quickly. Mm-hmm. I just went, what luck. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a stupid we gotta move this plot along people all right let me tell you something and i didn't realize it until i saw it a second time with my friend zen and she pointed out she's like this pace of this thing is like they're not fucking around hell no we gotta fucking go we got two hours 20 minutes baby we're not wasting a second a lot of movies do meander so i kind of appreciated that it's a lot but like you had my attention from the get-go cool here we go mm-hmm. it is dazzling to the eye like as soon as it starts it's like we are light speed jumping to 10 different planets yeah, it was great like whoa what, uh, can we stop <laughs> what is that space monster <laughs> like yeah. i want to see more than monster okay <laughs> and like it's it's crazy but like it's fun it, it yeah. is like we gotta go mm-hmm. like this is it mm-hmm. and i appreciated that about yeah. it like it was they were not fucking around with the time what did you what were your thoughts on it um i enjoyed it overall um yeah. i liked it way more <laughs> than uh the last jedi same, same. um there are parts of it that I definitely didn't like, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's a it's a Star Wars. Like, at the end of the day, it was a Star Wars movie. Yep, and it, was, it had good, it had great parts, mm-hmm. and it had bad parts. Like what? Uh, what were some of your favorite and least favorite parts? But some of my favorite parts, like I said at the, at the very start of this film, when we're like jumping, so like fun. like light speed jumping, like from point to point. And it's Finn and Poe again, kind of like the Force Awakens, where they're in a ship yeah. just trying to get shit done and being fun and playful together like someone i love their relationship when they said like there's like a going to be a a 
same gender on screen kiss. I was like, are Finn and Poe going to kiss? Like, <laughs> is this going to happen? That's crazy. Wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> I would have been very okay with it. <laughs> I thought that's where they were going, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't happen, ultimately. Um, there are parts I didn't like. Well, let me go more parts that I did like. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the, the lightsaber fights in this film. I thought they were oh, very they well were done. Fun. Um, the, the other half that I didn't like of that was like, come on, Ren, like, yo, Ren and Ray, someone's gotta kill or they gotta bang. Like, something's gotta happen here. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause by the time we get to the third one, I just felt like Lily's exhausted. Like, all right, this water is cool, but like, are y'all actually gonna like, is he even here, really? This is how I felt about the third one because they did this thing where like, you know, they're mentally seeing each other, but not actually right, right. seeing each other. And like, that annoyed me a little bit. It's like, it's an interesting uh, thing that they do that I don't even know what you what you'd call it a mm-hmm. technique or something that they use that's a little convenient. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> um but it, because that is a very interesting relationship, I get why they do it and when whenever they are together, you're I feel like I automatically am like sitting up in my seat a little bit more like ooh, what's gonna happen with this because mm-hmm. are they gonna kill each other or are they gonna bang like <laughs> which ones are gonna be um but watching her grow more intense and angry was kind of interesting mm-hmm. and i did even though it was a bit long i did enjoy that because it looked amazing that water water fight mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds like squirt gun but you know what i mean like it was it looked, the waves crashing on like yeah. you know the distant dilapidated death star oh, it looked so cool it's mm-hmm. just that gray color palette i'm always <laughs> so i'm also seduced by um really good looking cgi water mm-hmm. i love cgi water in a movie Jason. i think it speaks volumes of like the artistry or ability of like the company doing the cgi if your water is cool if your fire is cool mm. these are the two biggest things to get across i think are very difficult to do like it the water in toy story 4 looks amazing <laughs> and the water in star wars looked amazing it looked so good um sorry continue on um i appreciated like you know um i loved uh john Boyega in this film love oscar Isaac in this film um i i just didn't like that they didn't get john Boyega had something finn had something to say to ray and we never fucking got I need, back to I it. Want, I need like a director's cut or something. Cause like, what I is that hanging thread? Like, why? Why leave that there? And I just want more of those two in the movie. Yeah. I want to see them as a tree. Like, I get why she was kind of going off her own room, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I need a separate... Can we do a Mandalorian style thing where it's just those... Maybe just Poe and Finn <laughs> having adventures. Or being generals together and high-fiving a lot. Like making great decisions because <laughs> when they they're so funny together and when like they get back at some point they get back to the base and Poe's like listen they both had gone their separate ways to talk to people they come back and Poe's like listen I'm gonna need you I can't do this alone I need you I need to do this with you like you're my general and you're or, like you're also a general now and Finn's like blah blah, blah. oh thank you for that <laughs> and then they're like cool and like they kind of like piss bump or something and then they keep going like i love their friendship it's such they have such good chemistry i just want to see those two being bros there were points of it that felt like i was watching you girl for a second where it's like <laughs> i'm looking at nick and winston hang out and like when they're playing like a uh, chess with uh chewbacca mm-hmm. oh, or like how does he keep winning i don't know how does he keep doing it and like their banter and like real life friendship like translates like i think onto the screen yeah. very well um i enjoyed the visuals of the movie so much like oh, it was gorgeous like i think the whole 
Sith Eternal thing at the end was dumb, but yes. it looked cool. It did. <laughs> like those dudes in the robes. Where'd you come from? Whatever. You go great. You look. You're a great looking scenery. It it kind of reminded me actually of Doctor Who when they go to like the planet of the Daleks, mm-hmm. which I'm sure there's a name for it, but I don't remember. Um, and there's just they're in a huge kind of stadium like that, mm-hmm. and there's just a bajillion Daleks all around them. Uh, it uh, it definitely conveys a kind of very scary mm-hmm. thing. Well, like I, again, logistical things that just didn't make sense to me. This is me being a dumb nerd about it. No, they are, and I just have learned to let them go. Yeah, it's like okay, so wait, there was like a fleet being built on this planet for like know, thirty plus years, and nobody like, knew, and all these resources being poured into it, and That's no the one thing. knew. Like, where are you getting the parts yeah, where from, the money guys? Coming from? Where's all this? Where's all this metal? <laughs> <laughs> like what? The one thing that made me mad that, like, no, you shouldn't have killed him was uh, Hux, General Hux. What a way. It's like, he should be with the rebels. Yes. He should have ran off the ship with it them. It would have been great. And now this is a whole other layer of humor that can happen here. Can like, Hux on the planet with the rest of the rebels and just being his snooty little bitch self yes, like, would hey, have been hilarious. Pick up a gun and fight. <laughs> you have to do this now. That have been amazing, but they felt wasted. Um, so much of this movie felt like. Uh, last year uh, didn't didn't that didn't happen yeah no no, no, no that, that part didn't happen it felt like so much of it was trying to retcon what happened in that movie or just not even acknowledge what happened kind of yeah and just feels like it's trying to be a second and third movie at the same time yeah 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 and it's like i wish you guys would have just like sucked it up dealt with like what you didn't like within the second one and just made it work for the third that's that's the, the one the main thing that i was like annoyed at with the movie like just you don't have to be two and three just be your own thing be three mm. but it, that's not J.J. Abrams' fault? That's not Ryan Johnson's fault. I think that's just a lack of oversight at Disney. Yeah, they didn't do the Marvel thing where they actually at least tried to kind of make... They didn't plan anything out before, clearly. You need a central person to, like, oversee things yeah. and just say, like... And just literally just say no one yes. consistency yeah. of, of story and stuff, yeah. Like, we know our A, we know our Z. Like, this is what happens in all the other letters. Totally. But they didn't have that necessarily. But that's fine. But like I said, I, I kind of was okay with it overall. Like... Mm. It could have been much worse of a film, but it wasn't. There are characters, they they bring people in and out a lot. And then, like you said, they don't do much with them. Like Hux, he was in all these movies. And mm-hmm. yet, that's just kind of where it ends. Yeah. Captain Phasma, they never did anything I thought she was going to show up. I really like, did. What was the point of her character? Like they, <coughs> Gwendolyn Christie went on all like the press junk and stuff for like The Force Awakens. Like... Her character has the coolest goddamn uniform, and then she's thrown into like a garbage she's, compactor. Like, there's just there's nothing for her, and I feel like that's a bummer. And they must have left a lot on the cutting room floor, hopefully with her, because yeah. otherwise, I don't know what the purpose was. Because it felt like if Ray had Kylo, it felt like Finn had Captain uh, Phasma. Captain Phasma. Yeah, like, totally. like, this is your parallel. Yeah. Like, this is like, you know, she was like your boss, essentially. Right. And you have to keep meeting her and yeah. like keep in like engaging with her and like... I was waiting for it. Yeah, I was like, I would really hope like, you know, they get like a final resolution. The yeah. third one's like, oh, that was the final resolution? That felt like he didn't really win. It felt like the, she just fell. Yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't have... He, there was no agency in, at all in like no. her death or defeat. Like... Um, but then, so they do, they kind of waste characters like that, but then they also introduced, and they're, they're goofy, and I know that they're goofy, but they're still fun. Mm-hmm. Like, A, Carrie Russell's character was awesome. Mm-hmm. Her, 
I mean, you don't know much about her, but I loved her outfit. It was, was a cool looking outfit. The best. It was like a Daft Punk lady. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like it just had it, the helmet extended just for Carrie Russell's hair. Just <laughs> like, so she could put it in a bun. There's a lot. There. <laughs> We've seen Felicity. We know what she's working with. Got to get that up there. Um, and then the little, do you remember what the little guy's Babu name Babu Frick. Adorable. <laughs> and the most adorable little like engineer on the planet the Loved funniest it. joke in that is after they wiped 3po's memory which was a very sad moment it really was like i thought it was a, a spoilers that was a, por- a permanent situation yeah. not exactly yeah no. but when they wiped his my memory and like he sees babu figure like oh babu my oldest friend it's like, yes <laughs> like, yes yes it is his oldest friend by definition there were a lot of little things like that in the movie that were really funny and i very much appreciated it <laughs> and so they do introduce like fun characters and i don't know how carrie russell was able to get off that planet but she was yeah so when everyone again you just let it go when everyone shows up and like um poe dameron hears her and then babu frick is like oh she's <laughs> like yay that little idiot who was on the screen for five minutes but everyone loves like mm-hmm. i'm glad he made it too I and will- the little new droid that kind of looks like snoopy oh dio dio Loved him. Mm-hmm. I want to adopt him. Voiced by J.J. Abrams. Oh, that's nice. Um, I One thing that annoyed me in this movie, mm. that because this is a plot point that was in the second movie, mm. like they have an entire fleet of rebel ships show up right. at the end to help them out here against these, like this fleet like of, thousands of Star of Destroyers. Ships, yeah. They couldn't find a fucking bucket to piss in in the second movie when they needed help. It's like they had no assistance at all. It's getting picked off one by one by one. And like, where where did the support come from from then to now? Like, what what happened? <laughs> I don't know. It was like they gathered people from a community, and everyone showed up at the town hall. I don't know. Uh, they you should have gotten Lando to talk to people because apparently he could talk the pants off anyone well, and get them to join in. In the same sense, Leia maybe should have reached out to uh, her son a little bit sooner. Yeah, we could have saved some planets, guys. <laughs> like we could have avoided genocide. There were some major weak points slash flaws in it, mm-hmm. but overall, it was fun. I love Ray. I like seeing Leia with a lightsaber. That was cool. Oh yeah, that was her daughter playing yeah, it too. Yeah. That was cool, uh, cute. I did feel bad for her daughter because that would be so just devastating to have your mom die in real life and then have her die in this movie, and you're watching this movie, and it's yeah. like, oh, I really felt for her. Um, I oh. One last thing is I did enjoy um, when be, usually their use of like um, Ray and um, Adam Driver being able to kind of interact even though they're in different settings mm-hmm. when she puts the lightsaber behind her and then he's able to like, I don't understand how or why that I, would work. Not asking questions. But again, <laughs> it was very cool uh-huh. and I enjoyed it. Because, like, they do, like, lay the seeds for it in the movie, although they don't explain how it works. It's like, nope. you see, like, rocks appear at one point in time after he, like, smashes, right, like, right. you know, his altar. Yeah. And then, like, you know, the water happens, like, mm-hmm. sprays on him. They even do it in the second movie and all that stuff. It's just, okay, this pays off. We can pass things in our force void to each other. I just wish that when they were doing that and, like, when she when she's in that town and... Adam, and, but she sneaks onto the ship and Adam Driver's and then in the city or mm-hmm. whatever. 
like I wish when they kind of it would be too much work but when they turn the camera you could see if you're looking at Ray, I want to see what Adam Driver is actually seeing. Is mm. it just a white void and just her mm-hmm. and vice versa? Yeah, that'd be you interesting. Because um, th- there's no reason when she passes him that lightsaber that he should be taking it from behind necessarily unless they were like standing back to back. Things don't make sense, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I love my girl and Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. And when they kiss, I was like, I'm so excited for you guys. Next Christmas is going to be awkward when you introduce him as your boyfriend. <laughs> um, I know he's made some mistakes in his past, but... See, I didn't want him to die. It's like... I didn't either. I want you to go to prison, but like, <laughs> I don't want you dead, per se. Yeah. Like, and if, if Finn and Poe didn't work out, I was kind of hoping for, you know, <laughs> Finn and Ray. Like, but they never really followed up on that thread at all. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. Boys have plenty of time. Maybe it'll work out, you know? I just need them to go on adventure. <laughs> I want it so bad. Uh, um, what else? Um, bu- 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 I watched um, Uncut Gems. Oh, how was it? It was the most uh, anxiety-inducing movie I've oh, seen no. <laughs> in a long time. Okay. Um. Yeah, basic premise, uh, Adam Sandler plays a uh, Diamond District jeweler. Um, like, he makes jewelry for athletes, mm-hmm. rappers, mm-hmm. you know, celebrities and all that stuff. Um, but he is just a piece of crap mm. and with a gambling problem. Mm. And he has received this uh, this uncut gem, this, mm-hmm. like, uh, I forget, this opal of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Garnett, you know, comes in, the actual Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Um, comes into like you know buy some stones and he's like oh what is this he becomes like enamored with this thing at the same time like you know uh adam sandler hopes like to uh, sell this thing and make a ton of money off of it, it. sounds like the ark and stone from the hobbit a little bit yeah like kevin garnett believes thor com- or, <laughs> wait what thorin comes in there and it's like oh the ark and stone like <laughs> that's my family <laughs> garnett fights it <laughs> this giant <laughs> um but no like um it was uh it is a character constantly getting his own goddamn way it's like i find that very frustrating i can't watch stuff like that it's like if you stop for five seconds Mm. you'd be fine like but you are causing every problem in your own goddamn life it's like you're cheating on your wife who's adina menzel who looks amazing what and like his girlfriend also looks amazing it's just like not for you sandler (laughs) You're getting too much out of this deal. Um, Lakeith Sanfield plays like a, <gasps> an employee kind of Adam Sandler's mm-hmm. that like maybe screwing him over, like mm, is so like handsome. maybe giving him like, a run around. But Lakeith mm-hmm. Sanfield is like very good in it and like very intimidating, mm-hmm. um, which is like I've never seen him like that before because he's so skinny. <laughs> but like I think his characters are usually like very like laid back or like kind of going true. with the flow kind of yeah. Um, chill. And this is like a guy who's not. <laughs> oh, I saw just a very short clip of him like yelling. At Adam Sandler's character, and yeah. I was immediately attracted to him, <laughs> even more than usual. <laughs> it's like, oh, Lakeith. Mm. 
Um, but the whole movie, like, it does a great job of leaving you on, like, the edge of your seat of just, like, oh, my fucking God, stop, stop, stop. But he just, he just doesn't. He keeps going. How is Kevin Garnett in it? Is he in it a lot? Uh, Garnett's in it quite a bit, actually. He's playing himself, but he plays a very, like, you know, I think a good representation of himself. That's cool. Like, he, uh. That's a good first foray into it. Yeah. Like, he, um, is a guy that really wants this stone and doesn't want to be jerked around, kind yeah. of. Like, um, and he's. I don't he know, wants the Arkenstone. He wants the Arkenstone. Okay. Um, he wants to rebuild his kingdom, too. Gotcha. Um, but um it was smog is played by michael jordan (laughs) (laughs) he has all the gold he has all the championships you know and does not want to give them up um the directed by the safety brothers and they did that movie good time with uh yeah i never saw it but it sounded amazing they continue their trend of like oh my god just stop (laughs) like if this character just gets out of their own goddamn way everything would be fine mm. um but what i find very funny about it is in interviews they just said we don't see what is annoying about adam sandler's character what? people keep saying that which makes me wonder like are you guys monsters <laughs> yeah are you guys jerks because you guys could very much be jerks so you don't get why like you know he's off-putting yeah. um but sandler does a good job and that's yeah. nothing against cool. him like he's doing a good job of being a very irritating person mm. um and yeah I, w- I would watch it again I'd just like to- that goatee alone you could just flash a picture of that his character's face in that movie and you're like "Ooh, i do not like you sir you are a creep <laughs> but that was one thing i saw that i, I enjoyed mm. despite the anxiety be, yeah it seems to be getting good reviews kind of generally yeah people, people like, like it. it um he adam Sandler put out, a, put out a funny tweet uh saying like oh didn't get nominated thank god i can stop wearing suits <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um I watched Joker. J- Joker. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said I thought you said yogurt. Um, <laughs> like, what's yogurt? Is it like yogurt for average Joes? I'm an average Joe. <laughs> I want some of that yogurt. <laughs> um. Sadly, it's not. <laughs> um. Did you see it? I did see it. Yeah. I did not like it. I thought it was a real okay movie. I didn't think it was that great, personally. It was not. Um, it looks good. The color palette mm-hmm. seemed appropriate. Um, very grimy and brown. Very grimy, very smelly looking. But um, it's not really showing me like why. They keep on mentioning like in news reports and stuff, like how the poor are railing against the rich. And aside, and aside from <laughs> Thomas Wayne being a dick on TV, there's nothing, Thank you are not showing me any reason why to hate them. Like, why, what's, what is, like, there are riots in the streets. Like, why? You see hints of it, but you don't really get but to, like, no, experience like, it. Yeah, like, there's no big crux of, like, so, yeah, they don't mention it. So, the Joker himself has an arc, but... The, you're supposed to have an the arc city with the had an yeah, arc too, for they, sure. um, they meet at the end, but only one of them's gone on a journey, and the other is just like, "Yeah, my boy, Joker." But you're like, "But why? Why are you all so angry? What's happening?" Aside from they're not collecting garbage, so garbage is piling up on the street, yeah. and quite frankly, it just looks like a typical New York City garbage day. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like if that if on the first minute of that movie they just said like well there's a garbage strike and like more and more you just see like this festering stuff yeah 100 symbolic they didn't they wouldn't have had to do much to get me not that i wasn't on the side but like to get me really on the side of these people who are writing right like 
the city is dirty and gross. Uh, this rich guy's an asshole who's running for uh, senator, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which that's nothing new. <laughs> so, like, what is happening in Gotham that's so horrific for people to be on the streets and like, and like having riots? There's like little hints, like where it's like, oh, like they cut the funding for like you know the medicine program, right, where it's right, like, right. Well, so the social work medicine. stuff. Yeah, but there should have been more. He should have been having the worst week of his life. Yeah, like getting fired from his job, his mother dying, like. Hey, we actually actually owe this bill to the hospital. Like, add more weight yeah. onto him so that when he breaks, it just feels like, well, yeah. <laughs> when he breaks, the city breaks is what it should have been. And, like, show me, like, how are the rich living? Because you're not really. Yeah. You show me just Thomas Wayne behind a gate. Show me the mayor. Show me, like, you show know, me, yeah, people show being me, really shitty. <laughs> right. You're getting your ass kicked, but you're walking by a restaurant filled with rich guys who are just, like, in fucking oysters and like high-fiving or something or like i don't know what rich people do clearly (laughs) (laughs) horseback riding i don't know or like i went to the cops and they they didn't help me yeah like show me a city that needs a batman or a joker exactly (laughs) like it's gotten so extreme that these things need to now rise up and like represent the feelings of the people yeah they're they mentioned like on the news like super rats but you just see a little rat like run by in the background like there's (laughs) nothing there like what are you guys doing so I, not that I would want to watch again, but if I were to watch it again, if I just were to focus on his arc, I might enjoy it more. Because mm-hmm. it, like, it Because you're waiting for this other thing to hit, yeah, but it Yeah, and doesn't. it doesn't. And you're just like, oh, okay. So, like, these people are like, I don't know. Um, it is kind of, there are some interesting kind of twist things. Mm-hmm. Um and like Joaquin Phoenix's performance is good. Yeah, I think he does a great job. Like he's... I think it's hard because he's a little bit weird in real life. So I'm just like, <laughs> how far is he stretched with this? <laughs> uh, he did lose a ton of weight and it's, it looks horrifying. You pulling the Eisenberg, man? You pulling the Jesse Eisenberg? Kid? <laughs> Not really trying, huh? <laughs> you just living? This is no <laughs> now you see me situation. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I, I think the fact that the story, parts of the story were not as strong, weaken, it shouldn't weaken his performance in my eyes, but yeah. it kind of does unfairly, because hmm. um, he does a great job, and quite frankly, his end look with the green hair and stuff, he looks fucking amazing. Looks cool. Looks like- he looks so cool. <laughs> I really was like, that's awesome. Um, Robert De Niro was basically just being a more awake version of robert de niro yeah he's usually pretty sleepy when you see him on the few <laughs> talk shows that he does it's just like oh someone just gave you an espresso and pushed you out onto the stage and now you're <laughs> robert de niro not particularly charismatic you know, or anything but I, it was <laughs> that whole thing it was interesting mm-hmm. and having him on the show the the fantasy thing where he like like I wish you were my dad kind of thing that thing yeah and like his uh, romance with Zazie Beats uh, I yeah, was yeah, watching yeah. it with my friend Zen and we were bo- when like she goes to his comedy comedy show and then she sleeps with him we were like what the <laughs> fuck Zazie you Zazie you are beautiful have you looked at yourself today you are beautiful get out of there that has never why are any you with this fucking weirdo no Zazie get out what who's taking care of her child like i we were losing our minds and 
then I was like, oh, this is a fantasy. And then when it was actually shown that it was a fantasy, we were like, oh, thank God. Oh, Zazie. Oh, my God. Do you think he killed her? Um, and or the child? No. I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, I don't think so. Because he only exacted vengeance on people that actually mm, hurt, hurt him. Hurt him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. And I... The... I enjoyed his performance, and uh, I didn't, like, the character worked and stuff, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing that undermined it was, excuse me, at the end when he is on the show, spoiler alert, he kills Robert De Niro. Mm -hmm. And right before that, he says, like, something about, like, this is what happens when a mentally ill person, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. But someone as mentally ill as him would not be able to recognize that, I think. Mm-hmm. And so that didn't really, maybe I'm asking for too much realism, but the whole crux of this is you're watching a mentally ill person break down and get mm-hmm. pushed to the edge. He wouldn't be able to recognize that. Like he's living in fantasy. He would just stuff. be in it. He yeah. There's no it. way he would be like, oh, my fan, my fantasy is darn. Right. The self-awareness wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of like, oh, that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was okay. okay. I give it a B, B minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, yeah. That's about where it falls for me. Like, this was like pretty good. This was like fine. The trailer for it was better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not any real, you know, slight against it. It's yeah. just like. Hey, it did meet my it did not meet my expectations, but it wasn't a bad movie. Yeah, I just I wanted a bit of a stronger story. The music and stuff was interesting. There's a lot of dancing. There's a lot of dancing. Didn't need as quite as much dancing. There's <laughs> so something in the bathroom. Pelvic thrusts. A lot of thrusts, <laughs> which usually from Walking Phoenix I don't mind, <laughs> but maybe not so much as this character. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I'm I'm glad I finally got to see it. Fine, at least. Okay. Yeah. Um, one that I saw that I really loved, um, a movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon, um, with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I remember watching trailers for it and being like, ooh, this could either go really good or really bad. It went really good. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I I feel like, um, I was just worried about the main kid in it. Uh, he's great. Okay. The main kid is great. Um, gosh, I, what I say, I, I worried about his portrayal and making sure that it wasn't like his, um, his portrayal is know. very realistic and okay. very fair and like, doesn't it all diminish him. Okay. And cool. like, that's brought up in the film several times where yeah. it's like, you need to let this person be a person. Like you yeah. can't treat him like he's a child and disabled. He has mm. wishes, he has wants, he has dreams yeah. and he's capable of doing a lot on his own. Yeah. Um, which is like an argument that Shia LaBeouf has with uh, his social worker mm-hmm. played by um, Dakota Johnson. Um, oh, yeah. And she's really good in it too. Like, it I be- like her. It becomes this interesting like kind of like Tom Sawyer tale almost mm. where like we are going on an adventure. Three travelers on an adventure. Like, you know, just kind of like escaping society for a bit and just getting along together. Like, um, it's it's interesting. Like, it starts off with Shia LaBeouf like kind of being this uh, this fisherman mm-hmm. who lost his brother um, who's played by, gosh, well, I can't remember his name, um, Shane from The Walking Dead, The Punisher. Oh, yeah. Uh, that guy. Yes. Frank, no. I, God no. damn it, I'll get it. <laughs> Frank Grillo's old brother. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but he, his brother died and he is now like, you know. John? Probably. John. Oh, 
God damn it. <laughs> um, but. Berlin? No. John Bernthal. Bernthal. Yes. Um, John Bernthal plays his, but- his brother who was passed Shia away. Plays Shia LaBeouf's brother? His older brother, yeah. In what world? <laughs> they work together in Fury. They have a relationship. Half brother. They, <laughs> they are very different. Shia LaBeouf is so soft. <laughs> uh, he, he will forever be even Steven's Shia LaBeouf to me. He's changed a lot. He's changed a lot is all I gotta say. Yeah. Um, but no, he's, uh, he plays a fisherman down on his luck. Um, doesn't really have like, you know, a boat anymore. All that got kind of got lost. <laughs> makes it a little <laughs> tricky. <laughs> when his brother died. So he's been like stealing. I'm like, a typist. I just don't have a computer. <laughs> he's, uh, been stealing like, you know, the, the, the quarry of like, you know, other fishermen, like oh, kind of like fishing on like their territory and like stealing like their crab traps and all that stuff. Oh, no. Uh, John Hawks plays like the main antagonist of the movie. Oh, he's so great. He's a quiet menace. Yes. <laughs> he, could e- he could easily switch from being really likable and sweet mm-hmm. to fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, and plays like a perfect villain for like a Tom Sawyer Southern Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, and Zach um, Gotskin, who plays like, you know, his buddy in this mm-hmm. movie, Shia LaBeouf's buddy, uh, he is in like a group home like uh, and he's like the youngest person like in this retirement home basically mm-hmm. like they put him there the state put him there because he has no other family mm-hmm. and like they just figured like well he can be carried for, for here yeah. better than other places and he decides i don't want to be here anymore i want to escape mm-hmm. like i want to go to wrestling school <laughs> oh, that's awesome. and he watches these videos with, like thomas, Hay- thomas hayton church who plays like a guy called the saltwater redneck and like uh-huh. he has his wrestling school he's like i want to go there i want to learn how to wrestle and like being here is like you no know, st- stepping on my dreams mm-hmm. so he escapes one day and Roseburn, not Roseburn, excuse me, uh, Dakota Johnson chases after him. Um, and they meet up along the road and they're like, we're two fugitives. Let's get out of here. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is, like, feels sorry for him. Is like, well, you got no one taking care of you out here? Like, just by yourself? Like, okay, like, I'll take care of you. Like, well, if you're going to this place, I'm also going in the same direction. Like, we'll travel together. Mm-hmm. And they become, like, kind of brothers over it. And, like, you know, Shia LaBeouf almost, he gets over the death of his brother and losing his brother mm. by getting kind of like a, a new brother yeah. and like learning someone how to, to take care of someone to take of, care of instead of being taken care of. Right. So he grows up in that respect too. Like the, the kid learns all about independence and like mm-hmm. being himself and like really chasing after his dreams. And like Rose Byrne kind of learns like, Hey, let go. Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. God, I keep confusing the two. Jesus. Dakota Johnson like learns like, let go of her job. Like you're not your job, you know, like mm. you're a person with like desires and dreams. So it's just these three travelers getting along together, doing cool stuff. Um, at the end, like no spoilers, like they then this isn't even a spoiler. They meet Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> I, I knew they would have to. And it's like is they he go, a disappointment to them. A little is he a bit. Dick? He's not a dick at all. Oh, okay. Like you get there, it's like so. Is the rest of school like open? Like Shia Buff is like g- yeah. genuinely asking. Like he wants to train. He's like, sorry, the school shut down like Aww. five years ago. Like you just didn't have enough students. And like they leave disappointed, but like. It's interesting seeing the struggle on the bus face because he's like, I am pissed, hmm. but what can you do? Yeah. It's not his fault. He yeah. wasn't a jerk. Like, you know, we just, we went all this way for nothing. Hmm. And then around the corner comes Hayden Church and like the whole get up and gimmick of like, you know, this wrestling character. That's and it's like, sweet. you guys want to learn how to wrestle? <laughs> and like, kind of like takes them in and like, it's, and the movie goes from there. I don't want to spoil anything else, but like, it's well, good. You pretty much just told the whole thing. <laughs> um i want to make sure i'm thinking of the right person oh yeah i like thomas hayden church um and yeah thinking of the other guy there are a lot of people who look like other people (laughs) (laughs) um oh well that's very sweet it's a sweet ass movie it's so sweet (laughs) i 
was, I think, much like the rest of society, I was a little dubious when Shia LaBeouf started doing stuff. He's got two good movies this year. Everyone's talking about this one and Honey Boy, mm. which is like his life story. Right, right, right. Which I really want to see. I hope he's making good decisions for his personal life. I think he is. Because I, I think he had a little bit of a mess. Yeah, yeah, he and did. He's just, he Britney Spears it for a second, and now he's just going to get back on track. Which I can get in both those scenarios of Britney Spears and Shia LaBeouf. 100%. 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, I, I can't even fathom it. I totally get someone losing their shit for a couple months there. Oh, yeah. Like, don't blame you. Being lost in your 20s because mm-hmm. you got famous way too fast. And you worked all the time. Yes. You worked harder, as hard as anyone else. Yeah. But no one knows that. You worked enough for a couple lifetimes yeah. in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I apologize because before this we were talking about how we were trying to talk more about things that we liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch a ton of things that I liked. <laughs> I watched, um, so Zen and I watched Joker and then, um, we watched the first one of the first of three episodes of <laughs> a new show on Netflix, Dracula. Oh, Okay, I was curious. As were we. <laughs> uh, just a couple Ooh, of boy. curious cats. It seems oh that boy. Curiosity got you guys. We did. It did, Jason. Ooh, no. Landing on Mars and you did not find you're looking for. So, it's... I mean, I don't even know how to describe it and why it's so bad. It's like sexy dracula uh, <laughs> it's, uh, so it's the main guy who i've seen in other things oh he was in um oh oh ripper street okay <laughs> um seems like an appropriate a, transition he's a very nebbish little man Ooh. okay um and he's telling his story he's he's a mess he looks like he has alopecia, but also like horrible lesions and like has been through, he's been through a lot. Okay. And he's at this like convent telling um, these, this particularly inquisitive nun about his experience at Dracula's castle. This sounds like Interview with a Vampire, but go on. Oh, I never watched it. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's kind of like a weird... I don't know how to describe it, Jason. It's just... It's just kooky. (laughs) (laughs) Dracula's juggling. He's like telling weird jokes. That's not the right word to describe it. It's just like... I don't know what... The main guy who plays Dracula... He thinks he's like the shit. (laughs) (laughs) And he's very like sexy. Sexual uh, kind of Dracula's feeling himself is what it sounds like, and it's implied that this man had sex with Dracula. Huh. Okay. I don't know. And then there are these women being kept upstairs. Like I don't know. They're using like the the foundation, like the characters and stuff from a the original book, but then doing this little weird spin on it, and then these. Like, this nun knows what's up with Dracula. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
like kind of like dares him to come in and then of course he fucking gets in and i i don't i don't know maybe i tried to repress it so soon so i don't remember it i don't know what makes it not great Mm -hmm. but it just feels long it felt so (laughs) long and overly dramatic and it was just you know what it was like um it was like an incredibly <laughs> an incredibly dark Doctor Who episode, but not good. That just went on for way too went long. Went on for a really long time and wasn't particularly good. Mm. Does that make sense? No, that makes a sense. A little bit. Like where it's just... Because it feels like... In terms of the quality, maybe, and mm-hmm. like the like a dark palette, and I don't know. It feels like... I want to see a new take on Dracula. This is your take on Dracula? Yeah, it's not Lame. great. Like, oh, nuns who are ready for for Dracula to come in, but oh. then... Wait, like, they, they're ready in the sense of like, oh, we know you're Dracula. I'm going to fight you, Dracula. That kind of ready? Kind or? of, yeah. They all have stakes ready. Mm-hmm. But then he like immediately kicks their asses. Because <laughs> <laughs> this guy who has been with Dracula... He's like under his thrall. Uh, thrall, yeah, kind of. Even though he also is trying to fight it. Is he Renfield? Is that is that is that his name? They... No, it's it's from the book. It's like it's the lawyer who goes to Dracula's castle. Oh, Harker. He's John Harker. Yeah, John. I think that's him. Yeah. Okay. So like it it takes from the book. From the but book. It's okay. Just um. So, like, these stones are like, you're not going to get into this convent. We've done all the things. We got our crosses. We got our stakes. You have to be invited in. We're obviously not going to do that, so fuck you. Uh-huh. And then John Harker is there, and he's like, why don't you come on in? And so Dracula goes in, and, and then these dumb nods immediately get their heads ripped off. You're just like, a fucking course you do, you idiots. <laughs> like, he's Dracula. And you know so much about him. <laughs> Sorry, You're battle all nuns. Dummies. Just... <laughs> You're so dumb. And then there's two more episodes. There's only five episodes of there's the There's three. It's like a mini series. Oh. Huh. And like I read the rest of what happens in the rest of the series. And it's so bad. He hops on a boat. One episode is all on a boat going to London <laughs> and then he gets to London and shit happens and it's just like what is this show it, it, it's so it sounded so silly that I was tempted to continue watching it but it's also so bad that I can't it seems slow and plotting and not fun yeah I that's a good point like I think they were trying to be fun but they didn't hit the mark mm-hmm. so it's just like what's happening in this it's you got to be like clear in that kind of thing. If you're going to be doing like we're doing a new take on Dracula, yeah. know your mood. Like if it's going to be like we're going to just we're be kind of funny here, then be kind of funny. Or if it's going to go for straight horror and like creepiness, that's the thing. It's go not. For that. It's not quite straight horror. Oh, there are like zombie things in the basement of the castle. Mm-hmm. What? Why? <coughs> but then, because like he's obviously drained them of their blood, mm-hmm. but then they're also women he keeps up in boxes in the attic, who are also vampires. But he also like turned them. Like, how did he not turn all the people in the basement? What is what are the rules here, guys? What rules are we playing by? Because I don't see them. Like, and also he's just not. I don't. I think they're trying to make. Dracula very like charismatic or whatever, and it's not quite working. Mm-hmm. The guy's not hitting it. 
there's a lot he starts having a, he starts with a transylvanian accent but then when he starts drinking john's blood he becomes british <laughs> <sighs> you know what that feels like something they came up with on set like oh, an, i've got like an actor choice of like what if he drank his blood yeah and he became british hmm? the thing is like because his transylvanian accent was really bad like mm-hmm. it wasn't you're just like what's that <laughs> is that is he eastern european i guess mm-hmm. and then he conveniently goes to british and like whoever uh is bitten by him they can understand the language that is being spoken because like when john finds the women in the attic they're from some other country but he can understand them and they can huh. understand him which is also kind of a weird Doctor Who thing. I don't know. It was weird. I don't recommend it. I don't know what we watched. I ended up apologizing to Zen afterwards for having her sit through it. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Dracula. Don't check it out. <laughs> um. Jeez. It has stunned me. Is <laughs> what I'm hearing. Um, one thing that I watched mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed, um, and I believe it only it's getting a wide release next week, mm. um, was an anime, an animated film um, called Weathering with You. Um, it's from the same director as like this highly acclaimed movie from three years ago called um, uh, Your Name, mm-hmm. um, which was like maybe the best body swap movie of all time. Oh. Um, and this one, Weathering with You, is similarly a love story that, is, that has been animated. I'm already out. Um, I knew you would be. <laughs> um, it starts off like this kid that's run away from home. He's gone to Tokyo. Oh, and it's young love? I'm it's, out even farther. It's young love. And I really, I, I went to see the movie in theaters with like two friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And the end of it, we're like, it was, like, it was okay. Like I was like, Psh, yeah, some dumb things happened. But honestly, in watching it, I was all the way in. Oh, I nice. was like, yes, you better go get her, boy. <laughs> you better get that girl. And it all It's a, a kid who ran away from home, spending his summer in Tokyo. Cool. Um, a guy gives him a job, like, working for, like, a tabloid newspaper. Cool. And he's like, hey, man, we basically just investigate, like, paranormal nonsense. Amazing. <laughs> I want this kid's life. Like, you're an intern. Like, you know, go check out this story by a girl that, like, you know, she can pray good weather. She can, like, what? She can, like pray bad weather away, basically. Jason, I want this kid's job and life. And he's like, well, all right. This is me, like, my big summer in Japan making money. And he, uh, Is he, like, from the countryside? He's from the countryside, okay. yeah. And, like, I'm, like, I'm in the big city. Like, let me go and investigate this story. And he's like, holy shit, this is, this is real. <laughs> like, this girl's the real deal. Like, and she's like, no, I'm not the real deal. Like, I'm just, it's coincidence. And everyone's like, that's just a little coincidence, right? Um, but, like, it turns out that it's not. Like, she's, like, the real deal. And, like, he gets closer with his boss. Like, he is, like, really attracted to this girl that, like, can change the weather. But she's, like, older than him. He's like, I don't got a shot. It's not going to work out. She's, like, 18. I'm, like, 15. Like, she doesn't oh, yeah, like yeah, me. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, like, he's super nervous about it. Her younger brother's, like, this player basically he's played by jesse eisenberg <laughs> he's a jesse eisenbergish <laughs> character he's eisenberg his way through it mm-hmm. the w- the girl that he likes her younger brother is like this like 12 year old lothario he's like <laughs> <laughs> basically teaching him like look if you want to talk to a girl you got to do this all right and just like these and it's like all innocent you gotta yeah. hold her hand like look into her eyes tell oh her that you God. like her dude like it's super fun and funny in that way um but then like you know calamity happens not a calamity <laughs> Jason, I have not heard the word calamity. <laughs> I don't even know. Like the worst rainstorm that's happened in Japan's history has occurred. Yeah, it's a real calamity. Like her fate is tied to the weather, basically. And it's 
in the legend of these girls that can do this, oh. like he discovered, and they, keep, and they both see the legend, like, oh yeah, I guess you know you gotta dis, you have to be sacrificed Uh-oh. to make the weather go away. And oh, they're just like, no. nah, that's not gonna happen. But it does happen, and he rips through a city, through the cops, through heaven, to just get this girl back. And it's just like, god damn it, can't you go after she is sacrificed? After she's like sacrificed, essentially, she's she's not killed. She's not uh-huh. murdered or anything like that. She just like kind of disappears to, like this other world, mm. and he busts his ass to get there to get her back and it's gorgeously animated like the way the wind looks the way water looks it's just water man well well done um and does their love cause an ecological disaster yes it does Uh (laughs) one might describe it as a calamity yes one that has doomed a region for all time probably yeah but it's a good love story. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. But um, no, it, it's, it was dazzling, is mm. what I would say. Visually dazzling. Mm. If anything else, if you don't care about the story, I'm sure many people won't. But from a visual feast, it's there. It doesn't. I mean, that sounds like, honestly, even though it is a love story, it also sounds like more of an adventure story, too. It is an adventure. It's so a big like, adventure. I might be able to get through that. I think so. Um, And also, there's it also side story there's also uh goes into japanese law and gun law (laughs) (laughs) and how like having a gun in japan is a really bad thing and that can like really have some serious consequences on your life it could lead to calamity could lead to calamity or love can you know both of these things guns and love (laughs) not like anyone fought a war for love looking at you trojans (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that is one thing that I watch. Anything else you got? I don't have anything else. All that I have uh, left is just what you asked me to watch. Same Z's. Um, so and what in this case, um, listen to. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I totally forgot. I went ahead and uh, listened to Neverwhere, the first mm-hmm. episode, um, and it moves pretty quickly. It's only separated, I think, to six parts maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never, it's, it's not a super long book either. Mm-hmm. It's probably like 250, 300 pages. It's not like it's huge, mm-hmm. you know? but yeah, it does move pretty quick. But yeah, written by Neil Gaiman and, uh, featuring the talents of, uh, <clears throat> I want to say Ewan McGregor, but that's not Ewan McGregor. Um, James McAvoy, mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, uh smirky girl, Natalie Dormer. Yep. Um, I thought for a second it was Karen Gillan. I was like, no, wait, that's Dormer. Um, and Anthony Head, um, who I thought was coming back for a second. Their voices have similar timbers a little bit. Very low, yeah. Um, so I was like, what was, is this coming back? Not coming back. Okay, is this t- it's Anthony Head? Not Anthony Head. Um, but no, like it's a story of a guy that um, lives in, in London, um, James McAvoy, who's helping out, uh, who isn't in, in a relationship with this girl, works his desk job or whatever, at a job like he's okay with, and like, you know, just basically living his life in London. Um, until one day, he encounters this girl that needs help, um, and he's kind of taking it upon himself to like, well, she has nobody else. She claims that she's from this other place. Like, I'll, I'll help her get back. Like, mm-hmm. and then these weird, fantastical things start to happen around him. Like, is that a rat that talks to me? Like, what am I in right now? She's like, do not offend him. <laughs> like, like uh, oh. okay, sure, sure, sure. I won't. <laughs> and then he's like, he does all his best to like get this girl back to where she needs to be. In doing so, he goes into something called like uh, the London Underground, mm-hmm. which is not the London Underground, right. but the London Underground, <laughs> um, which is like essentially a second city mm. beneath London. And for me, visually, I couldn't like map it in my head. To me, I just imagined a flipped city 
basically all the same structures that are above mm -hmm. just extending below into like a mirror version of itself the city is what i thought in my head i don't know if that's true or not um i i don't know what it's exactly supposed to look like in my head it was i think because i feel like there's a lot of dripping water sounds mm -hmm. it like it's actually I a think sore of actually city. like t yeah like tunneling very like dark mm -hmm. tunnels and kind of uh yeah very much underground okay you know? yeah but, but like she's basically you can imagine it a million different ways yeah and he takes her back and discovers like oh you're basically like kind of like royalty down here a little bit like oh, oh, say the princess how cool and then goes back to the world that he came from and realizes that people are having trouble like remembering him like he goes to like his office like mm -hmm. to, to check back into work and the security guard who's already a dick who's always like <laughs> like you need to show your id if you're going to like come back in i was gone three minutes for a smoke doesn't matter show your id <laughs> like we've all had that person we dealt with at one point in time but he comes back and the guy is even more so like uh, are you new here you're just starting first day he's like don't be a dick you know me you see me all the time i'm going to work goes upstairs sits at his desk his desk is totally cleared off like all of his little desk gadgets and toys and all you know a desk mm -hmm. just gone it's like barren um talks to his desk mate like the person sits across from him like hey man what's going on why's my desk clear like pretty funny and he's like who the hell are you <laughs> like i don't know who you are and he goes home hangs out just takes a bath like this has been a crazy day i just want to chill and relax I got my bubbles going got my candles going going into a lot of depth here Jason. <laughs> i just want to build a scene but anyway people are like trying to like view his apartment and they don't see him mm. he's become invisible as the day goes on he becomes less and less visible to the people and he just tries to like well what the fuck's going on he goes back and discovers like oh okay i need to figure this out so he goes back to her and that's where i stopped oh okay yeah um yeah he delves much more deeply into that world and meets a lot of really cool characters i'm sure um like one woman who's just like she just she's a fighter and that's what she's made to do mm -hmm. um and she like protects them it's um I don't. I really. It might be easier because I read the book, so I generally knew what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, did you enjoy it? I enjoy it. Like um, the voice that worked amazing because mm. you have these huge stars uh, doing this like uh, BBC radio production. Uh, James McAvoy has an amazing voice. Yeah. It's extremely soothing and like, dude, you need mm. to use your accent a lot more. <laughs> you need to do projects that let you speak the way that you naturally speak because um, it's quite enchanting. Um, but yeah. Indeed, it is enchanting, Jason. <laughs> Your vocabulary for this episode is delightful. Thank you. Um, but no, it was uh, it was really engaging, and like I would like to listen to more of it. There's um, more action in the rest of it. There was one point, however, when they're choosing her uh, bodyguard, that like the audio just felt like weird. Like there's like all these fight sounds, oh, and it just yeah. felt like it was a little cheesy. But yeah, like yeah. What are you when it's do? like clashing metal or something, it's yeah. hard not to make that sound kind of goofy yeah it takes me out of it a little bit totally but, what are you gonna do yeah um but no it, it sounds like a modern fantasy yeah like and i don't know for me i was i never see men featured in these things like these that's like the protagonist i was like someone being thrown into like this world of fantasy mm. it f feels like more it's just like young children or kids yeah that's true. like rather than like a grown-ass man who's like what who, all, who like is usually in control of things generally or at yeah. least feels in control of his life and then it's all of a sudden he's the one being led around mm -hmm. and having to kind of be taken care of whereas the really the women in the show for lack of a better term show i guess um 
they know what's up and they're gonna kind of get him around to where he needs to go because it doesn't feel like he's going to be a sword a sword a sword swinging hero by the end of nope. this it feels like he's, he's barely going to like have his wits about him as far as what's going on around him everything is new and he's just running and trying to help where he can yeah and really just be soothing with his voice <laughs> like is there a tea around no but i can speak <laughs> Thank you, James McAvoy. I'm having trouble getting to sleep. Please just tell me a story. <laughs> tell me a, a Scottish, a, a Scottish story from your youth, yeah. please, James. Ugh, so great. But um, but no, like I like the idea that he's going to be out of his depth for the most part, mm-hmm. and it feels like he's going to try and mess up a lot of things, and I I like the idea of that. Mm. And yeah, McAvoy's doing a great job. It's the world that they continue to build, and the characters and stuff are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is actually kind of the weakest part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of, you'll hear like the small smog in his voice when mm-hmm. he's doing this. He's just like, very like, ah, you're mm-hmm. just like, all right, Benedict. <laughs> what are you hanging out with Andy Serkis? Reel it in. Well, yes. <laughs> actually, I have been. Damn it, Andy. At least two times. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And it's one of my favorite books uh, of all time. So okay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I watched The Rover. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had seen it in theaters. I mean, I'm glad I didn't, but also it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tense. Really tense movie. I, be, it's, the tension is not there in that I'm watching at home so I can sit up and, or get up and go to the bathroom or like make some food or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was sitting there and I realized like if I was sitting in a pitch black theater and it's silent, this is fucking terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so stressful. (laughs) Um, so, um, oh, I didn't write down really who was in it. So it's Guy Pierce, um, and, uh, Robert Pattinson and old Scoot McNary. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, old Scoot. Oh, Scooty. Um, so Guy Pierce is, uh, it kind of just kind of drops you into it. Um, it's uh, clearly there's some kind of apocalyptic thing happening. It's never really explained. It's this just, feels like five minutes before Mad Max. <laughs> like, the thing is, it does and it doesn't. And I, it's good in that I feel like apocalypse movies, usually everyone's running around screaming mm-hmm. and like chickens with their heads cut off. As this one, clearly something has happened, but they still have water. They still have electricity. There's nothing in abundance, certainly. Right. It feels like we're Everything a is year still, in, maybe. Things are still a struggle, mm-hmm. but it's not mass chaos. Right. Um, it's a very... But it feels it's still very tense, and you can't trust anybody. It feels realistic in that way, right? It is very... Much more so. It's not just, as we've talked about many times, of like... Oh, five minutes into the apocalypse, people are trying to rape women. Yeah. And everyone's just murdering each other. And it's pure chaos. Um, so it's much more controlled chaos. Clearly, like the army is kind of involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set in Australia. Um, I liked the casting that they did. It all seems like it's um, local, just like local Australians. Who yeah. Are all, and I mean this in a, good way like they're all really interesting looking mm-hmm. and they're they're real people yeah and you can feel you can feel the dirty grittiness so dusty 
It's so dusty and dry and sweaty and smelly looking. Like Guy Pierce's hair is all fucked up. Because <laughs> in the apocalypse, you know what there aren't? Hairdressers and like nice shampoo and conditioner. He's got like a weird beard going on. He's got a scraggly beard. It's clear that like he would have had to have tried to cut his own hair. Right. And so it's really hard to cut the back of your head. And so he's just got like, it's real patchy. It's a mess. <laughs> And at one point, like, he's, and he's so dirty, but, like, a realistic level of dirtiness if there aren't really showers around and you're just kind of on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, In the outback where it's not raining. (laughs) Yeah, no. And at one point, like, they show him kind of washing his face a bit and the creases in his neck, it's just brown with dirt. Like, everything Mm. is just infiltrated by this dirt and the sand. You can't get it off of you. Um, So... In the beginning, <coughs> he is stopped at this, like, they seem relatively common, these, like, stores where you can just kind of stop in mm-hmm. um, and get whatever, like, canned foods or something. Um, and his car is stolen by old Scooty and two other guys. Um, and Scoot McNary has left his little brother, Robert Pattinson, excuse me, behind. Um... And so there's a car accident and Scoot and the boys. Scoot, old Scoot and the boys. That's what I would call his gang, Scoot and the boys. <laughs> um, if, you don't, if you see Scoot, you're going to see the boys. Their jazz trio didn't work out. <laughs> They've gone on the road. They get in a car accident because Scoot freaks out. We got to get out of this town mm-hmm. right now. They got the pitchforks and torches ready. <laughs> they did not like our songs. We've got um, to ski daddle. Excuse me, Scoot. <laughs> Um, so they steal Guy Pierce's car and away they drive and he is pissed. Yeah. And you're just like, why is he so mad? Like he's able to use the car that they were just in, which is amazing because that car rolled a bunch of times, but it's fine. Uh, and so he goes after them and, uh, he comes, how does he know that Robert Pattinson is his brother? I forget, honestly. Like, it's been a I think I've seen I it. wasn't entirely paying attention at mm-hmm. that point. And um, somehow he finds uh, Robert Pattinson. He and Robert Pattinson's hurt. And he, clearly there was some kind of altercation between him and this military personnel mm-hmm. who is dead. So, and Robert Pattinson's character is not a quick draw McGraw. He's yeah. a little bit slow. Um but very like you can it's a character that you've seen before not in a bad way of just or you've even seen in life of like they've made bad decisions they just want to be loved and they're very loyal yeah and like he loves his brother and he wants to get back to his brother um and uh, Guy Pierce wants to get back to his brother because they have his car and he wants his car back. He just almost trade you for the car. Yeah. Is what he wants to do. Yeah. He doesn't. He's clearly a psychopath. <laughs> like, he is fucking terrifying in this movie. Just like the darkness in his eyes is just like you have no problem taking a life. And like, like it, he's not like a military guy or like no. a cop. It's like this is a guy that got broken. Yes. And whatever happened this in this world. This normal man got pushed beyond an edge that he could crawl back from mm-hmm. and he every day he, like he's just alive and trying to stay alive and now 
he has this one single thing that he needs to do and he will stop at nothing because he has nothing else to live yeah. for. So he and Robert Pattinson go on the road to um, get back to the brother so he can get his car back. Um, and it was so tense. Um, it was a little bit long, but I feel that way about almost every movie. <laughs> it was beautifully shot. The acting was great. Robert Pattinson is fucking amazing. Yeah. He's in a phenomenal actor this i might have just spit on myself expressing <laughs> how amazed i was by his acting i feel like this is the start of him making like good choices in, yeah. as an actor where it's like yeah i did all that twilight stuff but now i want to just do things that i like yeah things that, that are like challenging yeah really challenging he's not taking the eisenberg route that is for sure no i feel like he never has he's nope. never even heard of that method <laughs> um and, and you really even though clearly his character's uh, bananas also you really kind of feel for him yeah and he's very much a little brother and even though he has this weird tense relationship with guy pierce that he can't trust him he is so desperate for that kind of brother figure that mm-hmm. he'll just tag along with him um and the performance so the performances are amazing spoiler alert for the end of it so the whole time you're wondering why he wants to get this fucking car back. And he gets his car back. <laughs> and out of the <coughs> trunk, he pulls out his dead dog. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, I think I, I know I said something aloud to the effect of, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but like they allude to it in that, when he goes to a doctor to help Robert Pattinson, because Robert Pattinson is hurt, this woman has some dogs in crates, and he gets starts to get emotional because mm-hmm. she said that she has to kind of keep them in there so that people don't like eat them or whatever, and they've been abandoned. So, and you're like, why is he getting emotional about these dogs? Like, they're cute. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but you're like, really? they're dogs. Yeah, like, they're you dogs. Know, so, so um, and so I like. It's unexpected, really, just because up to that point, he has been pure, just, like, pure terror on <laughs> wheels. Like, he <laughs> seemingly does not really feel anymore. He mentions that, oh, I'm pulling a Jason. I'm just getting to the whole story. Go for it. I feel, I feel like this is a movie that not many people have, one, seen, yeah. two, heard of. And when it did come out, it did have a claim, but this didn't really hit theaters yeah. in that way. It was a very limited release. Um. Oh, I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? Um, oh, talking about the dog, he was at the the farm, like seeing right. all these dogs there. Um, oh, he mentions that he has he murdered his wife because his wife cheated on him. So mm-hmm. like, he was never stable to begin with. And in the whole wake of this apocalypse, it's yeah. like, well, shit. Did, did did this all coincide at the same time, or mm-hmm. were you going to be this guy before all this? Exactly. Happened? Like, okay, okay, it, but it this situation just allowed you to kind of be your true psycho self mm-hmm. because n- there's no real laws anymore. Right. And there are people like crucified on the side of the road. Yeah. It's very intense, which didn't really seem necessary and didn't really <coughs> go with the rest of everything, but fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a very intense movie. It was well acted. The ending was a little anticlimactic in terms of what was in the trunk, but there was only so many things that could even be in the trunk. Cause even though money is still a thing, mm-hmm. It's not, 
it's not like how it is today. Like, it wasn't going to be money. It wasn't going to be drugs. Because he's not, like, he's in withdrawal and, like, needs his heroin or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. the whole time, what it could possibly be is a mystery. And you can't even imagine what could possibly be driving him. Um, Because I thought it would be something related to his wife, but... Then he says that he killed her. I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's out of the question. <laughs> the one photograph he still had of her in the car. Um, but it was but it was still riveting, mostly just because of the um, performances. Okay. Well, I, I liked I'm it. glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> it was an intense... It's my birthday. It was an intense way to spend my birthday. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, what was I going to watch again? <laughs> oh, boy. The Rover. Okay, the Rover. Maybe it'll be fun. <laughs> it was a grim adventure yeah. into the depths of a human soul. It was the Australian version of the road. <laughs> it was very much an Australian road. Yeah. Like there's no real hope at the end of nope. this. Like and even The Road was more hopeful. <laughs> which yes. is saying it ends in a way more hopeful way. Oh, where it's like boy. maybe things can be okay. Which and in the road, wasn't it Guy Pierce at the end? Yeah, it was Guy Pierce. This is just one leads to the other. You know what happens? <laughs> he started on the road. He got that kid. Something happened to that kid. And then he just turns, I gotta go home. He gets to Australia and just loses it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, for next time, um, things to watch. Yes. Um, I have something for you, but I don't know if you've seen it already. I feel like I may have asked you to watch it in the past. Hmm. We're like 43 episodes in. It's very possible we have asked you to watch yeah, this. Totally. Um, young Adult, have you seen that? With Charlie Theron and Patton Oswalt and Patrick Wilson? Oh, I didn't know Patty Wilson was in that. Yeah. Um, no, I have not seen that. Then that is what I would like you to see. I, it came up uh, on my list the other day for Netflix, and I was like, yes. <laughs> you would dig this. You love a Charlene, Charlize Theron flick, Jason. She's very enjoyable as an actor. I agree, and she's re- she's very funny in this. I just wish she wasn't so unattractive. It's, hard, <laughs> it's really hard to look at her sometimes. Like, ugh, this face you again. Bite down, fight through it. This bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> but she shines through. Thank God she's a good actress. Um, yeah, it is a lady that goes home. To fuck shit up. I think I did start watching it at some point, mm-hmm. and I stopped. I don't know that I necessarily liked it, but it was years ago, mm-hmm. so we'll give it another try. Maybe. Um, yeah, written by Dabble Cody, who wrote Juno mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, did you watch... You didn't see Toy Story 4. I did not see Toy Story 4. Now that you have Disney+, Plus, you Is can watch... Is it on there? It should be. Mm, okay. Because it's... I saw three on there. Four. I think they're still trying to get that DVD money. Who knows? Oh, but if it is, But either way, I should probably just rent it and watch it. I mean, when you have the Disney Plus, like the Disney Plus, who am I? My mother? Um, <laughs> um, I feel like that'd be really just rude if it wasn't on there. They're very limited with their content these days. Like, But if, Toy Story 4 is on there. Is it? Yeah. All right. Then I'll watch Toy Story 4. Um, that is your assignment because I just... Of my favorite movies of 2019, that's kind of like, that's in there. That's like top of the list of the ones that I missed for 2019. It's it's a fun, it's a heist. 
It's a fun heist. That crew has... It's a great crew. <laughs> Get out of here, fucking... Uh, uh, what's the one with Clooney? De- Ocean's Eleven? Ocean's. Fuck you. <laughs> this is a crew I want. Sandra Bullock? Also? Fuck you. <laughs> Sandy, you should have used Rihanna more. <laughs> Whatever. But no, I have wanted to see Toy Story 4 since it came out. Um, Me too. I don't know why I just didn't. Like, I need to take myself to see more animated things. It took me a long time, and I think it's just... I mean, there had been three of them, and I'm older now. So it was just like, yeah, I I know what I'm expecting. It'll be fun no matter what. But, like, how much... How new could it be? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there it's familiar enough that it's like oh yeah putting on these pjs again but it's also (coughs) fun enough that you're like yeah this is an adventure i think that's gotta be the challenge sweet spot in writing those movies too because it's like how do we it seems impossible keeping you without like rebooting the whole thing right like and it's it's aged over the last 20 plus years and i feel like it's it's grown up a little bit with its fans too Mm -hmm. um because i think we were kind of how old were we when the first one came out? About nine or I, so? We were kind of like a prime age for that. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's, they may have kind of taken that into consideration. I think it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it because I might just rewatch it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. After watching The Rover. <laughs> oh boy, I need some hope injected into me. Dear God. I need colors other than brown. So much brown. <laughs> Just brown and tan whipping around. But I really, um, I've become a real Guy Pierce fan, despite <laughs> A Christmas Carol and how horrifying that was. But he's, he's really good. And I think I also appreciate that you don't see anything about him in the news or anything. So whenever he is on screen, he is that character instead of like Leonardo DiCaprio when he comes on screen. All I think about is him with like a twenty-three-year-old on a yacht. <laughs> um, I really like. I'm a real Guy Pierce kind of gal these days. Like he was almost Batman at one point in time. Oh, he would have been an interesting Batman. Yeah, Christopher Nolan was thinking like maybe Guy Pierce, but then opted for Christian Bale. Mm. Neither was a bad choice. He might not be like. I don't know if he's like charismatic enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like very charming. He is for me. I think he's a pretty cool guy. Trying the pants right guy. off of me. Uh, and he's got that Australian accent. He never gets to use his real accent, so it was lovely to see his <laughs> real accent in this movie, despite how it's through gritted teeth and usually <laughs> issuing threats of death. <laughs> Still good. Um, yeah, I we're, we're, we appreciate Guy Pierce here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw something. You know what? This is for another episode. Oh, I, I Jason, <laughs> come one on. thing I saw. Just tell me. Uh, our good friend, friend of the show, Gerard Butler. Mm, um, Jerry B. Shout out to Jerry B. Happy New Year, Jerry. Happy New Year. He just celebrated his 50th as well a few <gasps> weeks ago. Jerry. Um, but uh, I watched Machine Gun Preacher. Uh, oh, boy. It's a, hard, it's a hard watch at points. Uh, what are you he, talking about? <laughs> <laughs> because of the pain he goes through is what I'm trying to say. Um, no, it's... He is trying his best. He's going up to that goddamn bat. He is swinging at every Here's ball. Here's the thing. He always does. He gives every job he does 100%. He really and I is really working his ass it. off of this yeah. movie. And you can tell, not on him, but like... I the forgot pro- about that movie. The producers of this movie are like, we are, we are getting an Oscar with Jerry. <laughs> and it's like, 
I don't know, man. Like this is it's it's almost a faith film, but too much murder happens oh, in it no. for it to be a faith film. Like he bitches out Michael Shannon in this movie. He just like oh. smacks him around. Michael Shannon is a machine gun preacher. Yeah, Michael. as like his meth head buddy. Oh no, <laughs> they were meth heads together in this movie. Um, he's married to Michelle Moynihan. Like, how does Michelle Moynihan end up in these things? She's in everything. Know. For a certain period of time. I have something else to say about her. Keep going. But, um, but yeah, like, he plays this guy who went to prison, was a biker, gets out. Oh, my God. He's the bad guy with the heart of gold. Bad guy with the heart of gold. He literally helped build an orphanage. Yep. Oh, my God. This is possibly the greatest movie ever made. Builds orphanages and builds orphanages in Africa, but there's also a mercenary. Is Michael fights. Shannon also in Africa? No, he's okay. back at home. I was going to say, that'd be together. weird if these two white guys are in Africa <laughs> building orphanages. Like, come on, guys. It's a lot of white savior stuff going on yeah, in there. Yeah, I was going to say, there's got to be a shit ton. But, like, the interesting parts are, like, when he goes back home, like, they don't. What is home? Home for him is, like, Michelle Moynihan and, like, his teenage Africa, daughter. Though? What's that? In Africa still? No, no. Oh. Um, They're back in the United States. Oh. He goes over to Africa like every like few months and stays there for like two months at a time. So does he have an American accent in this? Yes, he does. <laughs> How is that? It is. Beautiful? It's actually fine. Okay. American accent is fine, but there are cool. points where he is preaching. He is like at the, the church back at home, the ministry at home. He's got a chain wallet. He's got. Yes. I love off. a chain wallet. Can I tell you? I was legit attracted to guys with those and like when I was a kid. <laughs> The, I wanted one, and I was in love with them. The best moment I ever seen in the chain wallet was a man in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was taking out his wallet to pay for something. It slipped out of his hands, and it was about to fall down a grate in like the street. But then the chain stopped it. Yes, and he picks it back up to himself. Is like, save me again, buddy. <laughs> yes, chain wallet. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, movie's got some problems thematically, but it is based on a true story. This did what? actually happen. There what? was there is a man who's still alive who's over there helping to fight in the uh, the southern Sudan, uh, like northern Uganda, and like just is has a ministry over there and consistently goes and like helps people out over there. But the movie's really heavy on the fact that he was shooting people in like this conflict. <laughs> And it's just like, how do you reconcile this? There's a lot going on here where it's like, this isn't cool, but it's interesting. But like the really interesting part we're not focusing on. Yeah, no, of course not. Because it's, yes, it's interesting that this guy's over there doing this stuff. But like, what is your home life like? Like, it seems like it's... Anyone who, I feel like I'm always dubious about anyone who would, if you have a family and you're willing to just leave them for really long stretches of time, (laughs) I feel like they're... There might be something off. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, zero judgment here. It's just like, mm. But for this character, it's weird because he was in prison for so long. And then, like, he comes home. And then you leave. And again. then he leaves again <laughs> for, oh. like, months at a time. Poor like, Michelle. Yeah. But I don't know. Machine Gun Preacher. It's out there. <laughs> <laughs> it exists. It exists. <laughs> Sorry to slide in there with that last one at the end. Did just... you... Um, did... You see commercials for that show, Messiah? Messiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Netflix, right? Yeah. With uh, Max, Max and Jesus? With Michelle Moynihan. She's in it? Monahan, Not Moynihan. Not Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> Michelle Monahan. <laughs> that would be the best. That's better than like uh, Jonah Hill and Beanie Felsey being like brother and sister, which I didn't know, which blew my fucking mind. Yeah. With Michelle Monahan and Bobby Moynihan, <laughs> brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> the best. <laughs> Why did she never host Bobby? 
Come on, she was in Mission Impossible <laughs> movies. You can sleep. She was in big movies, man. Um, I watched five minutes of that show, and I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it was going to be this guy uh, pops up around the world, oh. and people are drawn to him, kind of like a cult. It's religious or whatever, but mm-hmm. kind of like a cult. And then, but he becomes very influential and powerful. So the CIA, you know, Michelle Monaghan comes in to investigate to see, like, if he's actually a bad guy or not. Like, what if you had a Jesus-like figure in a modern setting? Right. Okay. Which I think is essentially what it is, except he also pulls off miracles. Okay. Like, within the first couple minutes, um, I can't remember. I, I forget where they are, but some like rebels or someone is they're gonna come and kill all these people unless mm-hmm. like town square and he's preaching and saying and like they're showing these bad guys driving up and he's like you will be saved and like he's doing his thing or whatever and the storm comes in and presumably saves those people okay so like is this just a Straight up Jesus allegory? <laughs> because you can't tell me that it's just a regular person, but then actually have him perform miracles. Oh, no, he's actually Jesus. So, so what? <laughs> okay. And then he like comes to the US. So I, again, I read a whole synopsis of it mm-hmm. and like a review of it. And the person basically had the same idea as me going into it. And then it was like, the only problem is uh, he actually does miracles. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting if this is just a guy that's galvanizing and is like, actually has a good message that's and is like not the, violent and just, right. yeah. But becomes powerful to the point that governments are a little bit worried about it. Because mm-hmm. then if he swings one way, that could be really dangerous. Yeah. Um, like all of a sudden there's a new modern religion following this guy and it's actually like, being galvanized and working like ooh, yeah that's interesting that'd be the interesting part like hey this works and people are being helped by it like yeah but like what is his past why don't we know anything about him why is he so what is he going to do yeah does he have an agenda that he's working toward Mm -hmm. um and you know watching michelle monaghan kind of investigate that but i only watched five minutes philosophical and like right. what are the philosophical implications of that as opposed right. to like straight up miracles it's like right well damn if you're just jesus yeah and just um politically and like gray areas of mm. well he's not doing anything wrong so you, like why yeah. are you freaking out about you that know? becomes really interesting there's a lot going that you could do with that but I didn't watch it because he was immediately performing a miracle. And I was like, I don't want to watch a Jesus show. This is not what I came here for. I've seen this before. Michelle, are you in Christian movies now? What's happening? It's I'm a confused. big market. Big, it big is. market. How's Tom Cruise going to feel about it? <laughs> Did you tell him yet? Are you going to be in the next movie? I don't know. There's. It was not what I expected. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted it to be a little bit more interesting than just Jesus. Which is fair. But that man who plays ostensibly Jesus mm-hmm. is very handsome. Okay. Right. A little, maybe a little too well-groomed for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, as a carpenter, he might be a little more, like, rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. He looks like he straightens his hair. <laughs> Doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Messiah. Uh, if you like Jesus, you might like it. We'll see. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all set. 
But yeah, that's it. We've yeah. got our things. <laughs> um, so much. And yeah, we we talked a lot. We watched a lot. I um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for listening. And we will see y'all next time. Bye.